Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have a few drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Kilgallen's Pub, as well as on Instagram, at Kilgallen's Pub. Give myself a follow. I'm at Joe Kilgallen on all the platforms. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this has been really fun. This is episode 35 you're about to listen to today. First episode with a guest in a while, as I said in the previous episode 34, where it was just me rocking solo. That uh, you know, scheduling stuff got backed up. Blah blah blah. You guys don't give a shit. But uh, again, thanks for all the listeners. Got a lot of positive uh, feedback lately from people. And um, yeah, man, I've been having a great time on this ride. It's really fun to do this podcast. So the more people you could tell about it, uh, the better for me. You know what I mean? Um, I have uh, have some plans in the works for possibly doing this live, doing like a live one at a bar in Chicago, maybe. And um, you know, I'll keep you in the loop on that as I go along. Um, thanks to everyone in Appleton, Wisconsin over the weekend. I did uh, shows at Skyline Comedy Club. Great staff, great people. Had a blast, you know. That's a really fun town. I'm a big, you know, all the towns in the Midwest I always have a good time with. Um, most of them. <laughs> but yeah, they're great. Good people there. They like to drink. They like to have fun. And the green room was sick. They had Super Nintendo in the green room. Super Nintendo Mini. I got to get one of those. I'm sold. I was a little disappointed in some of the game selection, though. But they had most of the good ones. I think someone told me there's a way where you could, like hack into it where you could download like every game you know what i mean like there's a way to like get in like an emulator for that and i remember my sister had a boyfriend way back in the day who had an xbox that had like rbi baseball on rbi baseball on it my brothers one two and three and contra and all those sick games so if anyone knows how to do that hit me up as well you email me joe at joekillgallon.com which is, you know the email link to my website so you could also find out my dates there I'll be in LA at the end of the month, for, but for the rest of the year, I'm mostly staying in and around Chicago. Don't really want to do too much. Tra- Last winter, I did a lot of traveling. I was in Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan in, in the winter. What am I, a moron? Who makes that route? That's a summer route. You know, in the winter is when you go to LA like I am in a couple weeks. That's You get out of the Chicago weather, you get to warm up your, your, your balls a little bit there, you know, because you, you don't want them to overheat. You overheat them, that's bad news, everybody. Same thing with your girl parts, ladies. All right, I'm rambling here a little bit. This is a longer podcast. I have uh, comedian Joe McMahon, who was on the very first Killgowns Pub. I have him back. He's plugging his album recording that he's doing Wednesday, November 14th at Timothy O'Toole's Pub. This is coming out the day before. Uh, a handful of tickets might be left, so if you're in the Chicago area, you want to you grab them. I'm pretty sure the late show's already sold out, but there are still some available for the early show. Joe McMahon is one of the funniest comedians in the country right now. He was in the Montreal Just for Last Festival this past summer, and his album recording is going to be insane, so you're going to be on the lookout for that when it comes out. You're going to want to scoop that one up. This was a drunk, sloppy podcast, but we talked about some um, some intelligent things, talked about a lot of just random bullshit. We went all over the place with it, and uh, we killed an entire bottle of whiskey, and at the end of it, um, uh, for a kill gallons pub first where a guest had to excuse themselves to vomit to puke their little guts out and um it, it's, it was funny i think this was a really good one it was longer so you don't have to listen to it in one go just eat it up as you go along you know what i'm saying this is kill gallons pub cheers Welcome to Killgowns Pub, sitting here with my man Joe McMahon. Uh, dude, this guy was on the very first Killgowns Pub, and here you are back for episode 35, I think. I think I'm 35 Has anyone in. been, am I the first repeat guest? No, you're not. Son of a bitch. Uh, Jonah Jerkins was the first, and then I had Xavier Lamont and Kyle Scanlon on, but that's only because 
Russ Williams. And I can tell this because Russ has since been on the podcast. This is actually funny. You'll appreciate this. Uh, Russ, because it was funny because when Russ was on the podcast, he talked about being sober for 60 days. But he wasn't on the – originally when he was supposed to be on, he was like, I'm going to go up across the street to get a pack of cigarettes. And when he left, I'm like, he's not coming back. Because we were recording at the Laugh Factory and I had to wait for someone to like bring a, another microphone or something because the one was messed up. And luckily, Xavier Lamont and Kyle Scanlon were hanging out. That's why I started recording at a comedy club, because I'm like, if any guests flake on me, I could just be like, yo, you, let's go upstairs and record. Oh, that's smart. That's right? Yeah. So there's a built-in backup plan there. And he was, he was fucking hammered. And I'm glad he actually didn't podcast, because he had just found out earlier that day that his wife was pregnant. Oh. And you know, you're not supposed to say anything until X amount of weeks. Right, I think 12 right. weeks is like the minimum. Right. You know, it's, it's a superstition, but it's also because that's when, you know, the bad stuff could happen typically. Right, right. I thought this guy is going to be drunk as hell. Right. He's going to... Divulge uh, a pregnancy. Yeah. Which, which would be good for the pod. Which would be great for the pod, but I know what would have happened. He was sobered up the next morning and said, hey, man, can you, can you cut that part? Yeah. Which I've had people, I'm going to be honest with that. I don't think I've ever told anyone this before, uh, Killian's pub listeners, but I have edited some stuff out be at the request of the guest. Oh, we've had whole episodes of Palm Pilots that just people are like, don't release that. Really? Yeah, no. yeah straight up. There's one episode we recorded with uh, Amy Shanker and Bobby Buds, and me and Metz were just doing cocaine like during the episode, just casually. We were, we were on one, and Shanker was like, <laughs> I'm a fucking teacher. Like, oh, I can't. yeah, shit. Yeah. So I bring it up now on this podcast. There you go. Hey, yeah, t- you tough, can't escape me. Tough titty shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what the thing about this, though? So you just didn't air that episode. Right. Well, right. see, this time I've had it where I'm like, well, I want to air the episode. So, it takes so I have out. to like edit right. it, but it's it's tough. One time I just told, um, I'll, it, I left it on. It's some funny. Po- Russ did our podcast uh, drunk and then like did the same thing like the next morning. He was like, can you take out like all that shit. Can you take it all the times I said the N-word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... <laughs> no, nah, yeah. I'm sure he didn't say that. Maybe. Yeah, but. wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and Russ was great sober on yeah. my podcast, so I'm sure it would have been excellent content with yeah. him completely fucked up, but I was glad... Because here's I the think thing. people need... And by the way, I think people need to understand that... Um, Getting drunk and saying the N word doesn't make you a bad guy if you grew up a certain way. Oh, totally. You know, no, there, there is not to excuse it, point. but it's like you know, I, I'm not gonna fucking paint. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna hold hold that against anybody. No, you know, I, I would agree with you. Sometimes there. you get drunk, you yell it, <laughs> you look around, <laughs> see if anyone laughs. You know, I, you know, it shit happens. You know. Well, I had that conversation once with someone. Well, let me let me finish the thing real quick about editing, but I want to hold that thought. Uh, sometimes it's a bitch to edit, though, because if there's a callback to that subject throughout the episode... Yeah, that fucks you. So yep. I had one episode where I deleted a whole story, which was fine, because it was just one story. So I was able yeah. to cut that, and nobody even noticed there was a cut. It was, it was seamless. And then I had... I'll just... Brian Morton won't care, I'm sure. He actually is posted about it for Veterans Day yesterday. You see this? Brian Morton, everyone who was on episode number like 13 or 14 with Sarah Perry. Go back. That was a great episode. He was in the military, and he talked about how his friends would call his dick the general, and they would salute his dick. Oh, I saw that picture. And he actually posted yeah. a picture where he's in his uniform, yeah. military uniform. And well, it's that type of grab ass which has not let us finish the job in Iraq. Right. You know? Right. Stop Come saluting on, man. dicks, and how about you win a goddamn how, war? Yeah, a little extra strategy might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're one, we're one, three, and one. Desert like, Storm. Yeah, yeah, we're one, three, and one like the Browns. Yeah, exactly. Five. There are ties in war, damn it. It's, it's a draw, really. I feel like we should have gone to some sort of like, you know, shootout with a war, where it's like if it's a draw, we're like, all right, yeah. we both agree Your to leave. Your best sniper, our best sniper. Let's see. Well, let's you know, sell some tickets. Let's do some rounds here. 
Yeah, why don't, why don't we do that? They should just go back to doing stuff like that. Yeah. Just fucking... Let's settle things way quicker. Nah, we don't... Be cheaper. Uh, yeah, it's just not fun anymore. Well, no one wants to do that. But he wanted me to cut the whole general thing because he felt embarrassed by it. I'm like, why would you feel embarrassed? Yeah. You, you're afraid podcast listeners are going to be like, wow, that guy's got yeah. a good dick? That's a, I'm not going to let you delete that, actually. Yeah, that's And fine. it would have been impossible because we, we did references the whole time. Right. But back and, to your... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Oh, no. I was just going to say support the troops. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I like Veterans say, Day every Every eight minutes I say it just to make sure everyone's So people know you're one of the good ones. Yeah. You got one of the good whites. There's never been a, a bad joke. white guy who supported the troops. Never. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> I used to have a joke about Captain Crunch where I would squeeze in to support the troops. And every now and then people would make fun of me for that. But I was like, you know, I'm saying that like tongue in cheek. I'm right. saying it like, I'm not saying I don't support the troops. I've got nothing against them, obviously. I've got great friends who, who served and I respect them a lot. Well, most of my respect. There's one who served I thought was a piece of shit. But the rest of them were great. But I think yeah, that in there the is like a I, joke because it's a Captain Crunch I've joke. Like, you know? In terms of all the veterans I've met, I don't know. I like six out of nine of them, which I think is fair. I'm not going to respect every veteran. No, that's I, I say <laughs> the know? same thing about when at the end of the day, it's a job. Yes, you know what I mean. It's a job. It's a cool. It, it's a job that's important. Whatever you're fucking intense, you're wired a certain way. I respect all that. There's a lot of discipline. You're putting your life on the line for noble ideals and all that. But you know, it's still a job. Yeah, you, you and that's okay to admit. You show, hey, you showed up. Just because you have a uniform you know on, you're not a prick we treated, like some people. We, we used to like spit on veterans uh, that were coming back from Vietnam. Those guys didn't choose. They were drafted, which is they even, were drafted, which sucks. And even we were more like, that we were "Fuck you!" And now you can't say fucking shit about a veteran. Like Pete Davidson made a joke about the veteran running for Congress because he's got Did one. He eye. I think he won that. Seat he won. Too. Yeah, and the dude wears an eye patch. Fucking eye patches are funny. They it's are, funny man. to wear an eye patch. It is. What, it's a, a little pirate? hilarious. Yeah. It's funny. You look like a fucking pirate. Yeah. So B. Davidson made a couple harmless jokes, not attacking this guy's character, but commenting on the fun eye patch he wears, like Nick Fury from the movies. You know? And then they got and all And then the upset. guy was like, I don't know. I don't think it's funny that you made fun of me losing my eye. It's like, wait, fucking, it's funny. I'm not, yeah. Certain things are funny. I wish you would have just said, And like a dude. bitch, that guy did SNL. I would have had so much more respect for that guy if he just dug in and was like, no, fuck you guys. But no, clearly he just wanted attention. No, yeah, because now that puts him on a national yeah, platform, right? Because yeah, it yeah. started being some little congressperson. Yeah. Because people forget. Now Con- he's going to be able to raise all this money because people are going to be like, man, this is the guy those Jews from SNL messed with. You Absolutely. Know? And they're going to fucking give him money. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What happens to, uh, with uh, congressmen is they always look for something to bring them on the national stage because we forget congressmen aren't that special. They run every two years. All you have to do to be a congressman or woman is just be the most popular person in your neighborhood. I love how you said, or woman. You know, <laughs> You're going to get in trouble for that you got to get the police. <laughs> well, no, because I, I know in my head that there's one person listening that's yeah. like, congressman, congressman. I'm a congressperson, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Why don't you wake up, you dummy? You're going to take some shit for the no Congress they... Every now and then a congressperson will run for president. I'm like, no one gives a shit, dude. You didn't win a state. No. You won a fucking neighborhood. That's that Beto guy. Like, Beto. Beto was, tried to become yeah, a Beto, senator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But At now, least he didn't go to president. Right. But people are still going to be like, you should run. No, that's dumb. You, you that's gotta, just such stupid. That's, that's internet yeah, shit. Yeah, it is dumb. Look, but he's internet a smart shit, guy. He's got internet great shit is what I like to Trump. You know what I mean? That is fucking true. Internet shit is, internet shit is the shit. Yeah. It's what we But do. he also had a TV show. That dude's been a brand name since the yes, '80s. That is, he was in Home Alone yeah. too. Like he's kind and of and the the Beto people are fickle. They're ADD'd out. You know they'll they'll find a new savior. Yes, they will because yeah. they'll have to move on. But the idea that this guy, I think it'd be really funny if millennials all of a sudden like got really into Sammy Hagar. 
Like there was a big fucking like this this like undercurrent of like all of a sudden Sammy Hagar's really fucking cool. And they like and we get a Sammy Hagar. I, I like that you chose Sammy, Sammy Hagar of all people. Is he like active in politics at all? Not at all. Not at all. But just well, yeah. Know, but that's how crazy not? shit is. You're you know right. what I mean? Like it, what if what if uh, some fucking hipster douche fuck makes a Sammy Hagar meme? And the Sammy Hagar meme becomes super popular. And then Sammy Hagar, to make fun of the meme, goes on fucking Fallon or whatever and plays beer pong with him. And, like, he comes out dressed as the meme or whatever. And then all of a sudden he, like, tweets some political shit. And now people are like, oh, Sammy Hagar, that guy from the meme is fucking woke? Like, I mean, this is, this You're is right. how this that, shit that could is, happen. Oh There's a narrative there. That's fucking sad, though, isn't it, though? It's real sad. Why don't you and I just get in office? We could do it. Anyone can. Anyone can do it. You know, really, Trump broke a glass ceiling in that sense. Everyone thought, oh, Hillary becomes president. Now young girls could see that they could do. Trump made me think someone with a junior, not even a associate's degree, I dropped out of junior college, a JUCO dropout could be president. It goes beyond uh, education. He proved that you can be uh, eminently rude. Yeah, you could be a complete dick. You could be a complete asshole. Like, you know, no one, you know, politics was all about saying, like, really, like, Frasier insults. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, real, like, like, I don't know, sir, if your morals are the what we should be setting our clocks to, you know, yes. shit like that. And now Trump's like, you're I want to hitch my wagon to his star. Yeah, like, like yeah. it's Trump to Ted Cruz is like, your dick's small, tranny. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's stuff like, like it's, that, yeah. yeah, it's your like, wife's you could, ugly. Well, yeah. you have tiny hands. Yeah, you're, yeah. Like, he's, you know, he, yeah, he's truly transformed that. I hope that, like, smart people, understand that you can do that now and we'll have actually like smart mouthy people with good ideas who are not uh morally corrupt because that's that people resonate with that that's what like that's what the positive lesson is from this trump well trump's a genius marketer and anyone who says otherwise is lying to themselves when it comes to that area he's great and the cool thing about being a genius marketer is really dumb people can be good at marketing. Yes. You do not have to be smart. You have to be shameless. You have to know how to sell something. So yes. I guess there's a little bit of Vince McMahon, there, but Donald Trump, the list that's of why they're great empty friends. headed fucking people. That's why they're people. great friends. Yes. Both guys whose dads made them rich. Right. They're not self made at all, either right. of them. And uh, with Trump, he was able to just make his name. He put his name on everything Trump, 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 yeah. Trump. He threw it everywhere, which was really smart in that sense because even when he was broke because there was rumors that like no bank in new york would lend him money because they're like we don't trust this piece of shit right right and then i was also noticing that it made it so that people when they thought money they thought trump they go who's the rich guy trump's rich guy mark cuban started doing the same thing i think that was part of what mark cuban did mark cuban was completely unknown until he started sitting courtside at the mavericks game they go oh that's the mavericks owner right he's such a big fan that he'll yell at refs and get in there he walked out of the court once during the fight like uh, that's a smart way to do it it's the coolest thing i've ever seen anyone do uh and i know that's like a big statement but after the heat closed out the mavericks in 2006, when Dwayne Wade was just getting every with Shaq, yeah, oh my god, we every call. 58 I was free a, I'm a huge Heat fan, and even I felt like it was a cheap thing. Yeah, you know, it tarnished it. I was less enthused because it was like, what the fuck? This just seems preordained. It did seem a little weird. And Cuban like stormed down and just fucking like Sergeant Slaughter pointed at the fucking refs, and then he pointed at Daniel Stern and he goes, "This was fixed." <laughs> and it yeah, was like, that's badass. People love that shit. Yeah. So if he would have decided to run for president, he would have put that in one of his ads. That would have been in his political ads. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Mark Mark Cuban could run. I think the problem with uh, a, a lot of these like benevolent public billionaire types 
is uh, they realize that they don't want to be president. They just don't have the ego to want that job. Yes, they like true. being rich, but they don't need to be fucking president. It is a they lot of work. They don't want to feel like people are going to murder. If you're president of the United States, you have to be conscious of the fact that you have people guarding you at all times to make sure no one blows your fucking brains out. It's a weird job to sign up for. Trump, Trump is the type of maniac who feels like he'd be incomplete if he wasn't also president of the United States. It's that level of hubris that drives him. You Do you know? think he did run because of Obama trashing him at that one? 100%. Correspondence dinner? 100%. That was, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but that's like part of a tapestry of reasons that are all the same psychological flaw. Totally. You know, it, he was like, he's pissed off people make fun of his fucking weird dick and shitty hair. He's pissed off at being marginalized by Obama. He's pissed off. At, and he's still like, he's got this fucking like, you know, dad was successful in withholding shit that he's trying to overcome. It was, it was all motivated by like, it wasn't about civic duty. It wasn't about thinking. It wasn't even about him thinking that he'd be great at it. He just wanted to do it so he could say, Hey, guess what? Fuck tards. I got to be president. He came and his timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, just with the way he marched through that Republican primary. Cause I remember thinking, I can't believe he's pulling so high in the primary. There's no way this is real. Well, there's nothing inspiring about a Republican right now. Well, I mean, the, the way Cruz, because they're, they're out, people. like it's been, it's all been revealed that there's really no, and guys like Kasich and Rand Paul, who were two people on the Republican side during that primary where I'm like, you know what? I'd be okay if they were president. You know, I don't agree with them hundred percent. I don't agree with them on a lot of things really, but it, they were sensible. You know what I mean? Kasich made statements going, no, not Im- all immigrants are bad. They help us in so many ways. They do jobs that no other Americans right. would want. They're not leeching off our systems. Right. As a matter of fact, they get less than they put in and all this other stuff. And then Rand Paul was, had made great points on foreign policy. And it's like two things where it's like, oh, wait, you, you don't want us bombing everybody? No, I think that's stupid. Well, you're a pussy mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't hate immigrants? Well, you're a fucking uh, not American enough for us. Like, right. They were too sensible, so they were out. Right. And the Democrats only had three people running on their side because everyone knew it was Hillary's. They were like, oh, it's, it's her turn. And so Bernie yeah, but, came in to try to drag her to the left, but then he started doing well, which shocked the shit out of him, I feel like. Right. He was pulling at 1% when that started. When that primary started, he was at 1%. Martin O'Malley yeah. was at 3%, and then like the rest was for Hillary. I just wish uh, they just split split the ticket. I wish that... Bernie and Hillary were, on the same ticket? Yeah, that Bernie was would have been vice nice. president. It yeah, I think nice that would have helped. I think that. it would have won a couple of those But uh, I think they were Midwest so sure states. that Trump wasn't going to win that they didn't think it was necessary. Which she was, ran such a shit campaign. Don't you think? I think as a comedian, I because as comedians, we're good. We're quick. Right. We're good shit talkers. When you were growing up, like in grade school and high school, were you good at comebacks? Oh, for sure. I loved it. I remember yeah. people always be like, dude, don't fuck with Killian. He's got the best comebacks. Because yeah. that was a big thing. Yeah. I remember there was a book of your mama jokes that was passed around grade school that everyone would laugh and laugh yeah, at. Yeah. And I would try to write my own. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I remember like the first presidential debate I ever watched was like, was it a gory debate? It might have been. Maybe like I had to watch it like in freshman year of high school. 2000? Was I a freshman? Yeah. And I remember going, I should be a, on their consult. I should be a consultant. Because I'd be like, oh, when he says yeah. this, tell him he's got, you know, tell yeah, me that little Trump, I wouldn't say Trump that, was but, way know. better in the debates. I thought he smoked her in all of them. Yeah. And some people thought, no, Hillary looked more poised in the first one. I go, America doesn't fucking care if you're poised. Yeah. Read the goddamn room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Read the room and also just engage him. You know, why yeah. are you being this fucking staid? You know, because at the end of the day, you know, people don't really understand uh, what's happening to them. 
people don't know why they have less money and they're worse off than their parents and they don't have uh, yeah. shit. Because even though the economy they, they did get know. better under Obama well, and, it, and it Trump's got, riding that wave. All that, but it, it's better by what metric? You know, it's, it's better, better by the way they define the health of the economy. Exactly. The, the, there's a sickness to the way we define the health of the economy. because yeah, it's not better. Even though it's gotten better, it was. Uh, it started with Obama, by the way. Yeah. And, and they, it's, they it's, talk about like growth of GDP and the health of the markets. Well, the GDP is mostly debt and health care costs true and the uh the, the market is all passive income to people that already have enough money to have disposable income to put into the market all the new so money goes actually, to the top one two percent right yeah. so so what the fuck's actually happening you know and in that and when people can't understand why they're worse off they lash out you know it's like this this white supremacy uh, wave isn't because black people have been elevated. It's because white people have fucking gotten on even footing with black people. They can no longer say at least we're better off than them. And that drives them fucking nuts. Yeah, because that, that was, was the, the one thing least. they used to hang on to. Well, that was the Southern strategy. The whole idea was yeah. like, oh, you're worse off because of this person, mm-hmm. which is how fascism works anyway. You, yeah. you blame someone yeah, else. It's always blaming. Yeah, scapegoating. Yeah. And they, they're never rich. Which, look, and I, I can't stand the Democrats in so many ways, but at the very least, I've never heard them specifically say, hey, you're upset. It's this yeah. particular group's fault. Yeah. I've never seen them do that. They're pussies, and they do a lot of stupid yeah, they are shit, pussies. and they're gutless. I'm, I'm, and, a, I'm a hardcore lefty. I, I think it, none of it's far enough. I don't think any of the... Can I pick your brain on some stuff then? Sure. Because I consider I'm on the left. I'll, I've admitted that on this podcast. There's some stuff I've been seeing on. I call it the Twitter left, which the you know liberal stuff I see on Twitter, which to me doesn't match a lot of true liberal no. ideology. And it's all hyperbole. Too, yes, everything's know. to an extreme. But then every it's now like and you'll then, see, you'll see women post. Uh, you know, after like Brett Kavanaugh or something, like death to all men or cancel all men. Yeah, and it's I mean, like what the fuck did me and Eddie Vedder do? Yeah. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't find a better man than Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna all men. No, you know, you're you're sounding like a bigot. Yes, and I know, like, even though you're right, like, it's mostly them perpetrating it. As soon as you start painting in that brush, you're giving all you're doing is you're giving them a fucking rhetorical device to attack. I just think it's, it's like, a look bad at, strategy. Look at how crazy too. they are. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's terrible. Strategically, from the standpoint of you want to get what you want eventually, you don't win by lashing out you're never going to match the aggression you're never going to win that battle all you have to do is fucking you know disengage with it let it fucking anytime you engage with it you're just giving it more oxygen you know it's this eternal flame of hate yeah and if you call them like of you you know all of you are racist all of you are this all of you are scumbags all of you are assholes all this stuff it just it's not going to make them go to your side i remember leading up to the 2016 election because i was really going to you know, I was like, fuck it, I'll vote third party because I didn't like the way the DNC handled those primaries at all. And uh, I was voting in California at the time, which I'm like, that's not at risk. I saw people making tweets like, if you're even thinking about voting third party, you're a piece of shit asshole. Yeah. This. And I'm like, fuck you. What, yeah. what, who would read that and say, well, David Cross just tweeted at me that I should, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, the fa- and then you mentioned the whole SNL thing. I saw people this morning upset, like Twitter liberals, like I said, upset about it where... Uh, you're trying to pour, but there's a cap on it, buddy. Hilarious. I'm sorry. Uh, Joe's trying to pour more whiskey in the, the cap of salon, so it made me laugh. Well, while we're at it, though, this is uh, this week's sponsor. Not really sponsor. I had to pay for it. But we're going to give them a good review, and I'm going to see if I can get a free bottle out of them. I bought Proper 12, which is Conor McGregor's new brand of whiskey. He is an MMA fighter, for those of you not in the know, which I'm sure you are. He's one of the most popular athletes on the planet. Uh, 
and he's now in the Irish whiskey game. Are you reading the back of it? Yeah. The the only mention of Conor McGregor is he signs it. Yeah, there's a small little signature there on the back. Yeah. It's called it's Proper Number 12. Uh, triple distilled Irish whiskey I like the name. product of Ireland. It's a cool name, yeah. proper twelve. Well, Irish culture, or Irish language, maybe it's slang. They use proper almost like a slang. Like, oh, I got proper fucked. Like, you know, they say oh, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. which I like. That's I cool. Had a, I had an English grandma, and she used to say all sorts of weird English shit. I'm a big like, fan of that bugger. whole region. She would say she would say bugger in front of us, and that's like really filthy. Bugger, bugger. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's like butt this little bugger. It means butt fuck. I did not know or butt fucker. How you can that? be buggered, which is getting butt fucked, or you could be a bugger, which is a person who butt fucks. I know. I and know. my grandma would just use that in front of us all the time. And then my dad was like, you know what the fuck she's really saying? It's fucking, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. If you have all that fucking with you, you can just like sneak in really filthy shit and no one can call you out. Yeah, because they kind have of a no nice, idea. Yeah. It's kind of the best way to like, like if you're Australian or English and you move to America, like you get the best of both worlds. You don't have to learn a new language, but you can say all this fucked up shit. In and front of and us. they could still say cunt, and no one seems to have a problem with it. Yeah. it sounds kind of charming out of them. Yeah, it really is just a cadence thing it that is. makes it okay for them to say cunt. Like Nolan Rafferty, owner of Galway Bay Pub, co-owner, he was on the podcast way back when. Guys, you could go back and check that one out. Uh, check out all the previous episodes. They all stand alone. They're not like time sensitive. And he talked about. <laughs> The word cunt and how he's never used it in anger towards a woman except one time. And he described the woman and all that stuff. And she was like, Can you guys believe that? You hear what he just said? He just called me a cunt. And everyone around was like, well, you kind of are being a cunt. They all like agreed with him. But yeah, it's just a word over there. I kind of wish we had more fun slang like that. I'm actually going to start adopting it because there's so many, I feel like white dudes either just have like cool or, you know, the same old stuff or they're taking like black culture slang. Sure. You know? Yeah. Which not, by the way, not all that's great either. Right. I like there's some honesty that people need to have where we talked about, hey, not all veterans are fucking sweethearts. Some of them are assholes. Not all black slang is great. Remember On Fleek? That was terrible. Yeah. On Fleek was a fucking horrible use of slang that luckily only lasted for about 14 months. Um, some other stuff is cool. A lot of it's great, actually. Who am I talking about? Fam. I like fam. What's Fam's up? What's great. Up? Fam is a, a I really big enjoyed, uh, I don't think it's still used, but the for shizzle. For shizzle, really actually, is pretty good. I, that didn't last as long, but I did like for shizzle. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what other ones I didn't like. But I like that there's... It's so funny nowadays. Everyone's so afraid of saying something wrong that they, they can't even be honest with it. I'll straight tell my friends in different cultures where I'll be like, no, nah, that's dumb. Yeah. Or I'll say, like, yeah, not every, it's not all amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think if you put... It's so much white guilt that does this shit. Like, all gay people are amazing. No, they're not. No, there's, there's a lot that are great. There's yeah. some that are fucking pricks, right? Yeah. And if not, then that's not a true quality. Right. You know, you got to be able to be honest about that stuff. Uh, yeah. Back to running a political campaign. Also, though. retarded people can be jerks. Right. You know, <laughs> it's about time we brought them down to peg or two. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it's rare, but, you know, and obviously they're not like the most afflicted, but you can get, you can get some afflicted people that are, you know, it's like, well, in addition you're also kind of an asshole. Well, we know, you know, guys like me and you, we always fit the asshole description. You actually told me a story about someone losing their shit, and I remember being like, man, what a, that guy sounds terrible. And then I'm like, I've probably done worse. I've definitely done worse. <laughs> actually, not. I haven't done as bad as that. I've, yeah. I've done close, though. All, all my bad shit isn't, uh, like, anger asshole. It's more just, like, flake scumbag asshole. I'm that type of asshole. Like you'll start pissing angry. in someone's oven? Yeah. I'll, I'll do, yeah, I'll get too drunk and do something. I'll fucking... 
yeah, I'm down to go see fucking Rusted Root and then be like, I don't got money for the tickets. We still good? You know, shit like that. Got you. You know, that's like, that's like degenerate stuff. Degenerate shit. Yeah, Delinquent that's not degenerate. Like psycho not like stuff. psycho angry. Yeah. yeah. You got to know what type of asshole you are because knowing it is the, the, that's how you fix it. I've been telling people though, there's a difference between someone who is an angry person versus someone who just has a bad temper. Yes. Like there's definitely because yes. there there are angry people who you'll never see lose their temper, but they are just their disposition in life is to, right. they see the world through angry eyes. Right. Where I, as someone who has a bad temper, who owns up to it too, I my default setting is I'm a pretty happy, chilled out guy. Right. You know, I'm a guy that's walking around, going, hey, what's up? Good to see you. What's to see you? And then I'm at a bar, and some dickhead shoulder bumps me and doesn't apologize, and I'm like, hey, fuck face. What's that about, huh? What's that about fuck face? You know, face? Well, we're living in a society. Yeah. Don't just go shoulder bumping people and not saying you're sorry. Sure. You know, that's that's how I am. I'm like, and that's funny because we were talking about like Irish stuff. I remember going to Dublin when I was like 19 with a buddy of mine, just the two of us. Uh, we just were like, let's have a drinking vacation. We just went to Ireland to get fucked up for a week. And Aer Lingus, which is you know the Irish airline there, had uh, it was two seventy five round trip, fucking Chicago to Dublin, two set round trip. I'm talking people. If you ever see a deal like that, you have to. I, I had I was in college, and I'm like, well, I'm clearly ditching classes that week. It's two seventy five round trip, and first day, you know, it's a long flight, seven hours, seven and a half hours. Get off. Yeah, we took a bus to. We we're staying at a hostel. We we're going real cheap with it, and I'm waiting across the street. And I remember looking at the guy because I'm like, oh, this guy looks like, you know, could be a relative of mine. Just, you know, had that look. And as the light changes, because he's on the other side of the street, we're starting to cross. He starts to cross. A car, like, blows the light and kind of, like, goes by him. And as it's going by, you know, he kind of, like, jumps back a little bit because he knows when he hit by a car. But as the car goes by, he hits the trunk, the back of the trunk, and goes, mind the lights, you prick, and fucking hit the back of a moving vehicle. And I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, look at this psycho, you know? Right. And then as he's, you know, as the car goes by, you know, takes a breath, starts walking. How you doing there, lads? You know, just like back to having a smile on his face. Yeah. To me, I'm like, that's a happy guy. Yeah. Because he, he looked happy before that happened. Right. But he had to fucking say something. Yeah. And that's where I think people with bad tempers actually, this is going to be me justifying my own shit here, have a very useful spot in society. Yeah. Because you ever been at a bar or a party where there's one guy who's just being an asshole, ruining it for everybody? Yes, the bad temper person will not put up with everyone's bullshit. Exactly. You need a bad person. Yeah. I tell people, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall, right? (laughs) And every now and then I start to get my... This has happened recently where I'm like under control. I respect bad temper people. My dad's a bad temper person and he's exactly what you describe. He's not angry. No, yeah. He's got bad temper. Yeah, I got it from my dad too. Yeah. What were we talking about though? I wanted to keep going on that because I, th- I like your input about, I wanted your input oh, about. Oh, how, how lefty. Oh, lefty, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've heard some people say stuff where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I could go um, get on board with that one. One is I've heard like abolish ICE, which is, you know, immigrant um, enforcement. Which sure. I'm, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. Yeah. Then I saw one that said abolish the police and I go, wait, what? Do they mean reform? No. Because you can't just get rid of police. Yeah, you, you don't, don't believe that, right? No, no, because that's who, crazy. What happens if someone rapes your friend or steals your yeah. shit? Who do you call? Yeah. You just go, oh, well, my, that, I learned yeah. a lesson. No, it needs to be about, uh, like, fundamentally, I just feel like we need to. Uh, there should be some know, reform, it's a for, different. It's a for profit criminal justice system. Yes. And that filters down to the police. So, you know, the police are going to be as fucked up as anything. You know, they're all working within a fucked up system. Yes, you the know, system needs to be reformed. If you took away, if you actually had like sensible gun laws, then police would just be people who are just enforcing, keeping the peace. They wouldn't be these fucking judge dreads. They're supposed to be serve and protect. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't be these judge dreads coming in fucking, you know, we could all live better. 
You know, that's the thing. Yes. That's the thing that's so frustrating. It's so easy to fix uh, the problems that we have in this country. And we're such a powerful country. And it's it's amazing that we don't get it right. We're so powerful. Well, because we're so it, important. We produce the best. Yeah, we're the a culture, great The we're culture great of America is more or less the culture of the world. The, uh, you know... It, it's just it's sad that there could be this disconnect between like what the best of us make and what the rest of us yeah, are. Yeah, it's our music, our movies, our yeah. technological yeah, we advances can't, yeah, we, everywhere. Yeah, we have, you know, one of the you know, we're we're one of the worst democracies. Yeah, I mean, we're not really we're a constitutional republic, so it's not even technically a democracy, but I hear you on that. And And it's not even really a constitutional republic. It's more of it's an oligarchy. Yes. It's a true oligarchy. It really is. And that's what Citizens United that's what Citizens United did. That's what all I the gerrymandering has done. That's Money and politics is the it, it's it's a true oligarchy. It's the key to all of it. You know? I mean we've had you know, we fought we we formed this nation to get out from under the yoke of a king. And we've had two bushes. There's been forty Adams. There's been yeah, two Adams, two Bushes. We would have had a lot Nearly more Kennedys if they didn't keep getting killed. A lot more Kennedys if they didn't still if they if stopped walking into bullets. Big assassins yeah. or, or plane crashes. My God, yeah. there's been like twelve of them may have been killed in planes. You'd think they would stop getting on planes. If I was a Kennedy, I'd be like, Could we take a train, perhaps? Like yeah, I'd be all in on that uh fucking Elon Musk hyperloop. <laughs> that dude's weird. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He seems like a benevolent weirdo though. I, I think a lot of those dudes who are that smart just have trouble being normal oh of course but then sometimes i think to myself if you're such a genius you can't grasp the concept of just regular interaction and I, that I, just goes to show that's i think every now and then I used, to, I used to think when people said well there's book smarts and street smarts and i used to think well that's just a way to make people who aren't book smart feel smart right but no i actually as i've gotten older i'm like no street smarts is a thing because you meet these people who are who really are true geniuses they could do things that you'd even know were possible but if you Tell them, hey, go order, you know, me a number two on the menu there. They'll they'll be filled with anxiety and like pain. Where I'm like, I can't, I don't know. How do I talk to where do I put my hands? How do I walk? Like I've talked to these yeah. some people, like I've, I've I'm related to a few people who are just really, really bright and they don't know how to just be. Yeah. And so I'm like, how are you? Are you? And they can't have fun. I'm like, you're so smart you can't grasp fun. So there is definitely levels of genius. Um, but yeah, that Elon Musk, I saw that when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, I caused a couple of the clips. And you could tell with each question that Rogan was throwing at him, he was very methodical on how he wanted to answer it. And I don't know, maybe that's a good thing, actually. Maybe that's why he is so bright. He takes it and lets it soak in and then goes, okay, this is how I can answer it. And I'm not going to bullshit you or whatever, where I think I'm just so used yeah, to it. Yeah. And I think that, that's why smart people seem so weird sometimes. It's, uh, you know, their, their brains just work differently from like the rhythm and pace of what we're used to. It's like, you know, all the, all the comedies that make a shit ton of money aren't comedies that comedians like because it's written in the language for the non That's true. Quick. That's true. And we think of it and we're looking at it and it's like, what the fuck are they? You know, that's what it's like all the time to Elon Musk. We're all big bang theory. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, that big bang theory. I don't know any comedians who like that show. It's fucking retarded. That's what made Seinfeld special though. Seinfeld yeah. was the number one show amongst critics and fans. Although I'll say that's this- kind of, here's why that's impossible to replicate because there's just so much more content now. You'll never get a consensus because there's too much good shit. And there's and, so much good shit that people don't even know about. That's true. Uh, and there are more critics now than before. Sure. Which means critics consensus are more likely is going to be harder to come by. Yeah, they're more likely yeah. to reject anything that's considered a little bit mainstream. Yeah. Because there are some stuff that critics I don't I don't I've never been one to jump on what they think. 
Because I'm interested to see that Queen movie. I'm not going to see it in theaters because I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a long time. I just don't have time. But I'll, I'm eventually going to see it. And the reason I'm interested in it is because before it even came out, I knew a lot of our comedian friends were like, this looks like a piece of shit. And, and they heard it was a piece of shit. Well, I... The you trailer was no? no, I didn't see. I okay. I read horrible reviews. Yes, and, and based on the reviews too, I'm like, I feel like it's getting a fair shake. But the the trailer looked amazing. I remember a lot of people looking at the trailer and being like, "This is gonna be a good movie." Well, a lot of people and saw it. I think what uh, a lot of movies that have really good trailers but end up being pieces of shit when you actually see them, it's because the acting. There's like one good, really good acted, well acted role in it. There's a good actor like fucking acting the shit. And that's a good sizzle, and you can fucking, you know, and that's what happened. Like, Rami Malek, that Mr. Robot guy, is a good fucking actor. Yeah, he is. And despite that being, like, a, a shitty movie that made up a bunch of shit, and fucking, you know, plays, like, apparently it's just like, you remember those shitty VH1 movies they made, like, about MC Hammer and Meatloaf and oh, shit? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, apparently it's, it just looks like that. It looks like that. It just looks and feels like that. But uh. Rami Malek fucking acts like fucking Freddy, he's gets himself all gay-like, and he fucking just dives into Freddie Mercury, and it's amazing. That aspect of it. But overall, just a shittily, shittily story told story. and everything yeah. like that. But Rami Malek captures like the full, the full scope of what made Freddie Mercury such a fucking magnificent performer. Well, what kills me is that whenever stuff like this happens is I'm always curious what John and Jane public think. Right. And from what I've seen on some Facebook posts, they loved it. I saw two people, yeah. one which you definitely know because she's uh was a waitress at one of the clubs here in town. Sure. I'm not gonna name her. Uh afterwards I will. And um and she like wrote or someone wrote it was fantastic and then she commented, maybe it was her post, doesn't matter. And then they're like, I can't wait to see it again. Let's see it. You wanna see it again? And I'm like, man. That was a little surprising. And I saw some other people being like, oh, the Queen movie was the shit. It was great, all this. And I I then remembered the average person does not read critics' reviews. They don't give a fuck. Right. They don't. Because I... I, And that's the thing where that's where the... and also, that's, too, where the, that's where know, the liberals, a lot of liberal Democrats, fuck up. Right. Is well, they're it, living in that bubble right. that they can't get out of either. And conservatives are in a bubble too. Don't get me and, wrong. And also, too, it's, you know, fucking everyone knows 20 Queen songs. Even if you don't like Queen, you know 20 fucking Queen songs. It's kind of a slam dunk. That movie could have been anything. Yes. And people are going to. Well, also, there's it. something about seeing a movie opening night in, you know, Dolby D- Digital Surround Sound, that music. Music that people, it, it, you know, Queen was a cool band. Did you ever see... Um, if I did the movie, it would have been 3D. And it would have just <laughs> been one night, one crazy gay orgy night of Mercury. And it's just like, come shot parade. They didn't capture just, enough it's, of that. It's, and it's 85 minutes of just like the audience being like, Goo. good lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that still would have made like three hundred million dollars because it's Queen. It's three D. You know, throwing oh, throwing the throwing the fucking eighteen minutes of the Live Aid concert like in between blowjob scenes, and it would still people would be like, "Oh, that's great." It should have just been one montage of yeah. blowjobs and Live Aid. Yeah, and, it should have been Live Aid blowjob, Live yeah. Aid blowjob. <laughs> fucking, they fucked it up. Or no, they didn't. It made I, a shit ton of money. Yeah, Who exactly. Who the fuck? Are we? That's a, that's, that's the yeah. only goal. There's gonna be a sequel now. There's gonna be Queen yeah. Two, <laughs> the forgotten years, <laughs> the forgotten blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, man. The regular regular people they don't they don't fucking care what they think. They go, oh fuck the critics. I think that looks cool. I want to go see that. 
where they're like, no, you got to go see, um, what's the movie last year where the woman fucked a fish that nobody oh, saw? Oh, Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Yeah, I was no like, go see saw. Shape of Water. And also, I don't, I don't even care. know why that movie was uh, critically adored because it was pretty shitty, I thought. I, I got I the DVD, it. but I didn't watch it because I don't, I don't want to brag everybody, but I'm in, I am in the Screen Actors Guild, so I get the I get the screeners every yeah. year, which is why I think I'm I stopped seeing movies. I'm in Film Actors Guild. Are you? Yeah. Nice, man. Do you get screeners, free movies to check out? No, fag gets very little. <laughs> oh, you fucking joke. <laughs> you sly dog, man. You snuck that right by me. Right by. Film right Actors by. Guild, yeah. fag. You're a member of fag. All I'm right. Fag. I'm pretty sure that's a Team America joke. I don't think that's a real... Okay, well, either a, way, man, I it, I didn't yeah. get it. Went right past me on that one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, real- critically, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, like you said. I mean, critical acclaim has never uh, meant more or less, you know, because there's a million different yeah, ways so to interact with art and media. And there, you can find pockets of acclaim for anything. You can find pockets of hate for anything. It truly is like we're, we're beyond monoculture, you know? Like, you know, I, have you ever thought about this? What, what do you think, like... Is there ever going to be another new rock band, traditional rock and roll band, that is going to be able to go on an arena tour? I don't know, man. You know, that's what's sad to me because... culture, and, you know, that's just... And it's not just rock and roll. I mean, there's a lot of... I think rock and roll more so. Rock though, and roll right? more so than yeah. anything. And rock and roll has had the most, like, precipitous fall in terms of being, like, a the most popular... Yeah, being in the mainstream. Know, right, to where it is now. But... Well, I watched this documentary. I was going to bring up two different documentaries because the one... Was montage of hack that was an HBO documentary Love about Kirk Cobain. I loved that. it too. I saw it uh, in a theater because they had did like premiere in LA. So I went to the premiere in LA, and hearing that music over the speakers was the closest I would have ever gotten to a Nirvana concert because right. it sounded so fucking badass. Like right. that opening when they played Territorial Pissings. I remember being like, "Oh man!" So I could see someone going to see Queen and letting the music of yes. that in the th- and those speakers taking over to the point where they're like. You're oh, never going to see Queen. Who gives a shit? The story see was Freddie Mercury exactly. Before. Oh, the right. story had flaws. It's so what? I, you know. Yeah. And then the other documentary. That, and most movies are experiential. It's like you know, is a Marvel. It's movie a popcorn good? flick. Let it be a popcorn right. flick. They don't all have to be Moonlight. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. have to be shit. And even that to me is a little overrated. I remember people getting mad at me because I said Moonlight was a little overrated. I thought it was good. I, thought, I mean, if there was a nice story, I didn't see Moonlight. But it's. I feel like that makes me a no, less than good person. It look, man. It, there were some questions in it. As I watched, it, I remember thinking, okay, for those of you who don't know, it's about this. It's about a black, a gay black guy, black kid, and they show him as a kid getting made fun of and stuff. But yeah. but nothing about the kid seemed off. Right. Like there's a scene where he's playing football with other kids, and they're just particularly mean to him. But you don't see the reason why. And to me, that made no sense because, look, we all knew that kid that got made fun of and bullied in grade school, which was horrible, obviously. That sucks. And being a parent now really makes me look back going, oh, man, that blows. Man, if I found out my kid was getting bullied and tormented, I'd, I would, I'd probably fucking break some kids next yeah and that's why my dad didn't buy my dad always said he'd never get a gun for that reason yeah i He's might like, have if to someone be fucked with one part of, of that guys, like psh, game over and i would get it i would yeah. get it i think i like your dad a lot man you're describing me basically oh yeah well, am i your dad yeah i think well i think you you probably got a lot <laughs> me and walt would uh well, you've got a lot of old school tendencies which I, now translates to baby boomer 
You've got some baby boomers. Oh, God, that almost sounds insulting. But That's no. not insulting. I've got a lot of boomerisms. Okay. Like, do you think Caddyshack's funny? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Who too. wouldn't think Caddyshack's funny? It's one a of the funniest movies of all time. Oh, come a on. A lot of people. You'd be surprised. amazing. You know? Slapshot, great movie. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that's, that's going to bother wrong. me. There's These fucking wrong. kids Cer- today. Certain certain things are worth looking back on. I would agree. Like, hey, wasn't it, wasn't it funny when you could make fun of yourself? You know, stuff I think, like that. I think yeah. overall, like the the there's been a, a total like shift in like the way senses of humor work. Like you know, and and I get it. Like I like I get that like sensitivity is just an evolution of society, and it's be, us being more. Inclusive well, I mean, with the bullying standard. thing, I'm cool with though. Yeah. Because well, because people say I've heard some people say, "Oh, stop trying to get rid of bullying, just toughen up your kids." And I go, "Well, well look at that. it this way. Yeah. There's a difference between busting chops. I think busting chops is something you do amongst friends, right? And you should make it clear I'm fucking around with you. Right. I, I, if, if you're taking this the wrong way, you know what I mean. Obviously, there's right. so, some of my best friends I gave the hardest time to, and they yes. gave me a hard time. And there it's was a level it's of that care. But you have to, to if you want to be mean. I think the lesson that I would get if I were to ever have a kid, I think the lesson that I would uh, try to impart on them is if you're going to be uh, mean and funny. If you're going to be acerbic, you have to have a lot of empathy. You can't do it without really caring about somebody. If you're going to fucking sit there and criticize, you have to take the time to actually try to understand who that person is and what they are. And it's like the difference between making fun of Sarah Huckabee Sanders for being fat and making fun of Adele for being fat. Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be fair game. She's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, she's We should be able to make fun of how fat she is. Yeah. Adele, make, why are you going to make fun of Adele for being fat? Adele isn't lying to the public every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like, okay, we Although can't. those guys are going to wholesale. Get a fair shake. And that's the those thing. Those dudes she sang about, they might be sweethearts for all we know. She was, I want to hear their side of the story. That's but true. anyway, go ahead. That's, <laughs> that's true. She might be a fat monster. <laughs> but, yeah, I. I mean that, that that that's basically the end of the point. I think you can't no, I take you. away. I like that point. It makes away. me. I want you to have a kid one right. day for and that. And you don't. And alone. you don't. And you don't get to fucking choose sides. Like you can't be on the side of, hey, it's off limits to fucking make fun of certain things or to point out certain flaws or you know to censor any thought because, you know, what happened after the Michelle Wolf roast? You know, people were criticizing Michelle Wolf like you're body shaming her. It's like they're using your fucking bullshit verbiage against you. Yeah. Because you leaned in too hard. Yeah. And they motherfucker. Kept, you had that shit Body coming. shaming used to be called noticing shit. And making fun of the, the yeah. pirate congressman. Yeah. Uh, who's the snowflake now? It goes exactly. both ways. So exactly. fuck the Michelle Wolf you'll, side. You'll Not fuck fucking, her, but that side yeah. of thinking going like, oh, whoa, I can't do this. I'm like, well, yeah, because you guys said that. You guys said you couldn't do that. Yeah. And then when you do it, we're going to, you know, yeah. I just want consistency on both sides. I've said that a million times. And the best way to be consistent is, uh, you know, everyone just needs to grow up. You know, there are fundamental things. You know, there are really fundamental things. And, you know, people just get distracted by semantics. It, it's a tough time to be a human being. Yeah, it because is. It's we're, complicated. Well, we're so myopic. We're so self-involved. You know, interconnectivity uh, is predicated on the fact that we're all so important to ourselves that we present. We're constantly presenting. And that's, we haven't figured out the best way to uh, live within that world. And that's why things are so fucking crazy, you know? I, I think our ability to comprehend how we've changed, the way we interact, has not caught up to the technology that we're using. You would be dead on with that. It has not. And we're still figuring out this technology in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it kind of makes me think why rock music kind of fell by the wayside in a lot of ways. Oh, the one other ad- adage to um, 
the bullying thing. When when I I do see people say like, "Oh, stop trying to get rid of bullying. We need you know, and you're just pussying everybody and all that." No, because when you say stop bullying, you're basically saying stop being an asshole. We should all teach people to stop being assholes. Well, don't be the, assholes. It's the value of the timber. It's, thing. That's different. Yeah, you know, sometimes you need an asshole. Well, yeah, you call d- it an asshole. You need an asshole to call it an asshole. And if you're going to make rules, but you should still tell people to stop being assholes, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you you just can't. Because I think those people, the people who are like um, saying, "Oh, stop trying to take away bullying." Are people who have a guilt that they're now feeling because it's like, oh shit, was I this bad person? No, I wasn't this bad person. This I was just fucking around and they couldn't take that. And usually, nine times out of ten, we're not talking about the shit you did where you gave a hard time to a buddy of yours. Because right. I, I remember hanging I, I, I was hanging out with one of my buddies. I can't talk all of a sudden. I was catching up with an old friend of mine not that long ago, and we were laughing about this gag we used to do. Our one friend who got a car first, so he would drive everyone around. Because he turned 16 before everyone else and he actually had a car. And it was just like a little beater, but it was great. And when we'd go to events or go to places where there wasn't parking, which is a lot of Chicago, it's hard to park, you know. Uh, after circling, we'd be like, I think there's a spot right there. And me and my buddy who were in the back seat, we would just get out of the car and run out of the car. And so the two dudes in the front would have to stay around. And then they would show up to the party 10 minutes later being like, what the fuck, assholes? We're like, what? We thought it was funny. We just, we ditched you. That's not bullying, obviously. Yeah. And I think some of those guys think... A lot of the dickish shit they did would fall into the category of bullying, but not really. Right. I mean, obviously, if you are tormenting someone that you would never hang out with, that you never talk to, every day you book them, you push them around, you you tell them they're worthless, you just it's relentless, you're you're humiliating yeah. that person, like you're depancing them and they're going, look at this little dick, and everyone's pointing at them. And this is someone with no friends, that's fucking bullying and that's right. wrong. Stop being that person. Right. Because you're basically getting joy out of tearing down another human being. Right. Now, if me and you are hanging out, and I'm like, hey, little hands, and you're like, hey, fuck you in cave chest, that's different. Because we're hanging we're out, hanging and out. I know I'm going to see you the next day. Right. And it's not, you know, that's, that's what and kills that's me. And that's birth. You know? Yes. Like, at the end of the day, you, you know, pointing out our foibles is uh, what grounds us. I would agree there. You know? It's, it's, it's fucking... I need people I don't know. like it, that. It seems it seems very simple. I don't know how you are with like your best best friends, but I've always loved it when my. I think the best is when you have a friend. Who do I do this with? I do it with Dan, Danny Kales and Megan Haley, which is funny because they used to date. Those two um, people who is funny because if you guys have been following the podcast, or two people have mentioned a lot on the podcast, but have yet to be on it. Megan has good reason. She's busy and lives across the country. Uh, Danny does not have good reason, and I'm going to keep making fun of him and, and calling him out until he does the goddamn podcast anyway uh when they're high like when they're feeling really good about themselves i'll bring them down a little bit you got to don't don't, don't fly too close to the sun right you, you got, got it to. right and then when they're low then i fucking i'll bring you up to heaven yeah because i'll remind you that you're awesome right you're great and don't 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 you ever treat yourself other than right the best and right? that's what humor does humor fucking can exactly that's where it's that's the what leveler is great. it's, it's it the is. leveler it is it does you definitely it's a balance of some sort the of oldest joke field. in the world is a guy like fucking falling down because yeah. we all fall down and know? that guy would fall down usually because he knows it would make everyone else around him feel better right that's where comedy and, is yeah someone nick vaderot who's a great comedian everyone look him up he i remember him I and i talking once and you're pretty that, you're right. you're more well-read than i am i feel like so maybe you would know the no story. that's actually a, it's a huge misnomer is it i got this big <laughs> vocabulary because i watched a lot of simpsons when i was like four 
You know, it's all Harvard writers. Hey, all know? of it is, definitely. So it's yes. like, you know, the best thing my parents ever did to try to make me smart was, like, not monitor my TV and have Fox, you know. But uh, I've only read, like, four Chuck Klosterman books, and that's about it. I thought it was Klosterman. It's Klosterman, maybe. You might I, be right. I might be wrong. Which well, Let me guess which one you read. I've only read one. I read... Um, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs? Yes. Red Sex, called? Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. I read that bit. one. That was pretty good. I read Fargo Rock City. I didn't read that one. No. Fargo Rock City. That was his first one. It's all about uh, 80s hair metal. I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, so it was like, fuck yeah. Let me tell you how I read Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. I found a backpack in my car, and I'm like, whose backpack is this? I opened it up. It had that book. It had a bottle of, I had a pint of Jim Beam, like three quarters full, uh, an empty notebook. I had no writing in it, and a couple pens. And I asked around, because I'm assuming it was someone I gave a ride to. Yeah. I asked all over. I haven't made a Facebook status. Man, if you needed like an angry neck beard open mic or starter kit. Right? That's right. That is <laughs> exactly what that backpack. is. I was expecting yeah. one of the, I'm like, oh, it's probably some smelly fuck yeah. that I let yeah, in my car. Yeah, some smelly fuck who thinks, like, man, if only I get like Chuck Klosterman, I'll get fucking weird pussy. Yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he's my generation's Bukowski. Yeah. Like, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And... I asked around and nobody claimed it. No, I kept yeah. asking nobody, nobody, and it's the same backpack right here. Obviously, this stuff's different. It was this, which is like, uh, what's this? Oh, it's a Jan, it's Jan Sport. I didn't even realize this was a Jan Trans by Jan Sport. Trans by Jan Sport. I didn't know Very it was. Very progressive funny. backpack. Um, <laughs> Can't yeah. criticize this backpack. You no, know, you you will get in a lot of trouble <laughs> if you did that because you know what? They're human rights, trans rights, and um, they are. I don't want to. I don't know why no, I said it like a day. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. They are. But like you know, all the get like every now and again, you'll just like not account for it. You know, then, it, but then you're made to feel super bad. I mean, man, they make crazy. up zero point zero 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 one percent of right. the population, right. and of course, so I think they should have every right that everyone else does, and I support them. And if that, that's it's a brave decision, and the people who think uh, they're just bullshit. I I have I'm related to people in the medical community. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was telling you about my cousin who's a doctor who I was talking to earlier. And there have been cases in which people were born with organs on the outside of their body. Yes. So why would it be that far-fetched for a woman to be born with a man's brain? Oh, yeah. Like a male. Anything you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's believable. Sure. And there's so few people. Yeah. The average person doesn't even encounter yeah. a transgender person. Right. You and I do. If I yeah. wasn't a comedian, I probably never would have met one. Never. Absolutely not. I, I really believe that. But I, yeah. I've been in a community that's very open, which is what I love about yeah. being in comedy and, and show business in general is that you meet people from all different walks of life yeah. and that's no, great you can get you can uh that's that's the great thing about uh trying to be an entertainer is uh like you know it doesn't matter what sexuality you are what race you are how you identify as long as you're fucking funny hopefully as long <laughs> as as long as jews can exploit you for money yes. <laughs> as long as they're getting that paper <laughs> hell yeah dude I love making inclusive, uh, exclusive sentences. Now, you're like uh, Russ in that sense, <laughs> and it cracks me up, man. You and him, Russ Williamson, everyone, he's like four or five episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, but Russ is... Russ, Kristen Russ, Toomey does this, yeah. too. Um, Dero, I mean, there's... I, there's Honestly, the, I, I'm i not going to name... I don't know why I'm bringing this up. This is stupid. It's almost like a dumb thing. I was talking about this with Danny Callis. I'm bringing him up again. We were talking about some stuff, and I said, I go, I think there's about seven or eight, maybe there's eight comedians that are in the Chicago scene that I legitly, I think, are better comedians than I am. You were on that list. And I go, what they do very well, 
most of the people on the list. And by the way, that's not to say I can't pass you fuckers. I just said at this present moment, I think there's yeah. seven right there. Well, it's like Mario. In a year, Kart. I could be back to show, number one. Show if I ever is was like there. Mario Kart. Like, you never know when you're going to find the fucking three homing turtles. <laughs> yes. I might get a lightning, and you guys <laughs> yeah. are all going to shrink yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, I could get back there. I just. <laughs> Once I get eight hours of sleep again, which so it might fun. not happen for another five yeah, years, it's so fun. Um, I'll be I'll be more in control. I've had but. several <laughs> moments recently where I'm like, oh my god, they got the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> where did that come where from, that motherfucker? Come? Right when I was about to make that jump in Warrior Stadium. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I got lightning so hard before making the jump. <laughs> always, I love that you game. Always, man. It's oh, such it's, a classic game. It's the best. It's I was the, actually, if you ever get a chance, try to do uh, the. Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm. Such a great club. They have a Nintendo or Super Nintendo Mini in the green room. The green room is stocked with beer, fucking candy, bags of chips. That's what real I, cozy. That's why I really like the green room. Oh man, when they have candy and chips, dude. They, and they had a video game system and a they little had, fucking SNES Mini. Yeah, dude. Fucking I was playing Donkey Kong. Kong. I was playing Donkey Kong Country, Donkey man. Kong's shit. Remember at the time when that game came out, thinking these are the greatest graphics I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I thought it was a real monkey. Right, yeah, unbelievable throwing the barrels and shit, yeah. dude. The fucking alligators coming out. I play a uh, fucking uh, Donkey Kong on like emulator websites as like a stress relief. That's so good. I, Star Fox, I was playing. I sucked Star, at it. Star oh, that Fox. frog was a real dick. Bogey, oh, shut up, dude. Can I fly? Yeah, he's always fly. interrupting. Let me fly. Let me fly. Stop Let telling me, me there's a bogey fly. on my six. I get it, dude. Yeah. I, I realize my wings fucked. Yeah. And oh, also my always six, the frog. The other ones. You mean were, you mean like the one range of motion move I can make? Yes. I can stop pretending. Yeah, yeah. Such a dick. But yeah, it was so super cool. fun. And I did play a little Super Nintendo Mario Kart, which is actually my I was never that good at. F Zero was a good game to play. I anyway, recently though, um, beat uh Super Mario uh the Super Nintendo one yeah, or the, the Super Nintendo one? See, I was really good at Mario's one, what two, was and that three. Called? Can you leave that out for me, bud? Thanks, was man. Was that called Super... What was that called? I Super Mario that World? That was Super, Super Mario World, yes, because Yoshi came out. Yeah. And we hadn't seen Yoshi. We're yeah, really Yo- going through this properly. Yoshi, Yoshi came out as gay. <laughs> Revolutionized. Well, that's what that, that, that's I'm what glad Queen's you said about. That. Queen's <laughs> about Yoshi's journey. <laughs> Yoshi Island is just Yoshi getting blown. Yeah. Oh, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's what they call it. <laughs> that's such a lazy move, too. That's how you know it's kind of a piece of shit movie. They, they just, just named it. it like, they, just, they just named it the song from the movie. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles and, had and two movies movie, like that, I mean, but they were alive and making the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, Hard Day's Night and Help are actually really funny if you guys ever find those movies. Uh, I'm sure it was. John, uh, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame once, and uh, I've been the coolest... Too. Did you see the John Lennon uh, area? I think like I did, yes. Little? Yeah. Cool Beatles stuff. It's like one of the only things I remember from it, but John Lennon, they had a whole, like, uh, all these, like... Uh, Little, he used to make little like fake newspapers. Yeah, I think I do remember in that. In grade actually. school, it was called the Daily Haggis, <laughs> and it was super funny. It's like twelve year old John Lennon is just like fucking. It's like he's funnier think- than John Cleese. You know, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I can't knock him because I'm really good friends with his daughter. And obviously, John Cleese is really funny too. Faulty Towers first. He's great. super funny, but I'm telling you, John I, I Lennon, believe John Lennon could be funnier. Chance, and that's not a knock because John Lennon's well, an obvious genius, obviously. You know, but here that brain pointed toward anything. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. Good call on that, man. I'm glad you brought that up because now I get to tie together all this stuff. That's what I love about bar conversation. You're like, how do I bring back what the thing I was just talking about? So we were talking about rock oh, sure. music. I start on Palestine. I end on OJ McDuffie being underrated. <laughs> I was. Uh, we were talking about rock music being like the biggest fall from grace of anything you know that was once super yeah, mainstream. Yeah. And I realized some of the greatest rock bands were had a great sense of humor. 
The Beatles were funny, man. Yeah. Uh, people listening, if you don't know, every now and then you meet someone who's like, I hate the Beatles, and they're, most of them are just being fucking contrarian assholes. But the Beatles released a few movies. Help and Hard Day's Night were comedies, full-length feature comedies. The they, old were, they were fun. funny. They were yeah. funny movies. They had a sense of humor about themselves. I think of, I mentioned Kirk Cobain earlier. He was funny. Super funny. Nirvana was, if you watched Nirvana that interviews on YouTube. hack where he's uh, shaving. Yes, yeah, super funny. And he leaves the mustache so he like does a quick Chris Cornell impression. Yeah. It, Dude, he, he was, was a goof. They were, I remember Dave Grohl being in an interview just a couple years ago. And it was like uh, some black and white interview with this guy. It's a, it's a series on Netflix where he's just sitting on a chair with people. This guy gets the best interviewers, but I've never heard of the guy. I don't know how he gets it. There's one with him and Will Ferrell, one of him and a bunch of famous people. Anyway, um, he's got like off the camera with someone. I don't fucking know. Anyway, he's talking um, about Dave Grohl and they talk about the Nirvana years with Dave Grohl. And he's basically just saying, because the guy is, if there's anything that's missed, like what's the biggest misconception about Nirvana and all that? He goes, you know, everyone associates it with being like depressing music, but it really wasn't. I think like the songs aren't depressing. Some of them have angst and it, and some darkness but it's funny to them. Angst. But, and you can yes. say that about Randy Newman. You yes. Know what I mean, I mean, I mean you can, yeah. Um, it's really not, it's not doom and gloom. But he was music. saying that people can, people think it's depressing because the way that Kurt killed himself right, and the exactly. way all that, and then they yeah. associate it with sadness. But he also said the biggest thing I wish people knew about Kurt was, dude, that guy was hilarious. Funny. He was so fucking funny. funny. I saw these old interviews with them where they're just fucking well, around. Him man. showing up in Monsters Ball in a full fucking dress, you know, like he would a, do that, like a you know, ball gown. <laughs> Yeah, he came yeah. out with that at the at the Reading Festival, like in a wheelchair, because yeah. the rumors were that he was like really sick and he couldn't yeah. go on, you know. And then he fake passed out, yeah. and then they went into the fucking concert, yeah. dude. He did a stereo. He he was on Headbangers Ball in a full uh, ball gown. He, uh, he and- pissed off. Uh- Guns N' Roses really wanted uh, Nirvana to open. They for did, him, yeah, and uh, they weren't interested. Kurt wasn't interested. No, I thought Axl Rose was a dick. Yeah, and uh, Kurt he he got into like a like a quasi fight with Axel at like the 91 VMAs or whatever. 92. Yeah. Well, 92, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, like Kurt and Courtney were just like, you know, drunk and having a good time. They see Axel being all self-serious and they're like, Hey Axel, we're going to name our baby after you. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep but saying be that. The and then Axel like walks up to him instead of being a cool guy and being like, or like laughing. How you off, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He walks up to him and he's just like, he was still living in 88. Yeah. yeah he was I mean? still living yeah. in 88. It was. Well, I remember Clerks, about that. Clerks Rock. Nirvana yes. was Clerks Rock. It was. You know? Yeah, that's was a good a way. It was. There was a wink. They had a sense of humor about themselves. There was a self seriousness with. Uh, that, that was the cool thing about Guns N' Roses is like they were not in on the joke, but they were good enough to still not be lame. Like, yes. That's yeah. The no. One I, thing, that's the one thing they had over all the '80s hair metal bands. I feel like. true, and that's why looking back, you could they still appreciate crew. their music. Crew, crew was also like it's like we're. We we kind of get it, but we're they not weren't like they weren't as full of themselves as like White Snake. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, here I go again on my own is a, is a great fucking tune. It's a banger, but as a as a band overall, it's they not, were like it's not anarchic. I mean, that's the yeah. thing that you could say. Uh, that, that's what's cool about Guns N' Roses. Oh, I remember real quick with the Axl Rose. He told Kurt, he goes, shut your bitch up. And then I was like, yeah, shut up, bitch. He said to Courtney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, bitch. Which is hilarious. And she laughed at it, too. And then they did their performance, which was pretty legendary, because at the time, they were like, MTG's like, smells like Teen Spirit, but come as you are, smells like Teen Spirit. Well, they they wanted to do Rate Me, but they said, don't do Rate Me. They started the first verse of Rate Me, and MTV was like, we were this close to cutting. And then they kicked in the lithium, because then they settled on lithium. 
because they said we want teen spirit or come yeah. as you are people don't realize how mtv was so like such an evil record huge. company in a way yeah it was, well, it was huge it was, it was record break you you're right but they were basically was, they would tell you this is it what was you play. david geffen plus barry gordy yeah yeah all that shit but going back to documentaries you're talking about the sense of humor Another, you talked about could there be a rock band playing arenas again? I came across so the Kirk Cobain documentary came out like 2015, I think. Yeah. The next year, 2016, um, a documentary called Supersonic about the band Oasis came out. Love that documentary. Great fucking doc, and yeah. it, cumul- it culminates. That's the word I'm looking for. Can't speak right now. I mean, we nearly finished this bottle of whiskey. That needs to be pointed there's out. There's not much left, man. Yeah, proper twelve. Thank you, Connor. Uh, and <laughs> may you never change, you fucking He's, guy Richie character. I fucking, fucking love him. He is. He's Brad Pitt from fucking uh, Snatch. And um, Oasis, you know, they played this legendary gig at Nebworth that had like a million people. There. It was it was, it was literally one twelfth the population of England. Yeah, they all yeah. applied for tickets, but they didn't get them all yeah. or something like that. Because yeah. they, they even joked saying we could have done seven shows, we did two instead. Yeah. How fucking dumb are we? And and it shows this buildup. But that band was hilarious too. Yeah, they were shit talking. They were fucking cocky. Yeah, they played like kind of like this cool rock and roll. Obviously very inspired by the Beatles. They had the lead singer that would get into fights with people yeah. and women eyes and smoke cigarettes what i liked about liam was he would walk on the stage smoking a cigarette throw the cigarette out fucking have a, gl- a, a pint of beer next to him which you didn't know what like it wasn't like a bottle well, it, was it was a glass it was a glass too. of beer it's yeah. like these guys aren't trying change. to act like anybody they didn't change these at all are, this noel is, has since changed this is, Liam's this still is cool. england's alabama well they were working you know, class they, they, they were from. manchester yeah. they were yeah. Fuck, they lived in, they lived in Manchester might as well be Birmingham. Yeah, it honestly would. Yeah. That is such it's a good a, it's call. It's a fucking coal town. You it know really I mean? is, yeah. Like, yeah. You nailed it. And I, I and at one point toward the end of the documentary, because they're building up, the documentary starts with them at Nebworth, and it rewinds to the beginning of the band and comes yeah. all the way back to it. And, you know, they're getting out of the helicopter where it's like a fucking, it's the biggest crowd you've ever seen in your life. And he says, he goes, this was the pre-digital age. This was before cell phones because it was 1996. This was before this. And he goes, and this was only 20 years ago. And I can't imagine something like that happening now, which makes me think how bad it's going to be 20 years from now. And I don't. I wish we wouldn't allow that to happen. And it, it made me think because it made me, when I watched that documentary, I went on like this YouTube wormhole of old Oasis interviews and, and concert footage. And I came across other bands, concert footage and stuff like that. And there's something about those crowds, and especially in Europe, yeah, they just fucking bounce to the music. No one's viewing through their cell phone. No one's doing through that. And as much as I'm totally cool with social media stuff, and I've learned to accept it, this is Boomer Joe. This is why I come out as Boomer Joe. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding you, dude. With music, yeah, I am Boomer Joe. I had um, the Adam Burke episode of the podcast. I feel like most of this podcast is me referencing other episodes. The Adam Burke episode of the podcast. I mentioned yes, when it comes to music, I'm definitely that. I'm not. I just. I'm turned turned 34 recently. I'm that dude who's like music was better in the 90s, but I'm not an old man who says get off your lawn. You know why? Because if you ask me, this is the best era of television ever. Yeah. So if I can admit yeah. that this is the best era of television ever, why can't my opinion right. about music being better 20 years ago right. have some? Val- I think yeah. it's valid. Yeah. It'd be one thing if I thought everything was better 20 yeah. years ago. I don't. Yeah. There's a lot of things that sucked 20 years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is interesting. TV. TV was yeah, TV was dog shit twenty years ago. I mean, you had Although, you had a few good here, shows. Here's what's crazy: 90s television helped one, revolutionize stuff. One more stuff. year, we're at the 20th anniversary of The Sopranos. Yeah, I mean, Isn't that's that insane. I watched some of that documentary about the 90s and TV. TV in the 80s was really shitty because it was so corny. Like every sitcom was like, oh, like Mr. Belvedere and Growing Pains. There was all this sad. Well, again, shit. it's you know typically the splintering of things. You know, we lose monoculture is cool. You know. 
going to an Oasis concert and being surrounded by one eleventh of your country is a cool unifying. That thing. is cool. We're dealing with this other type of unification where it's like it's a specific thing. You and your tribe get it, and people and artists can sustain themselves. You know, there's enough avenues. No, I love that. You yeah, know, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, plus way the more platforms. Networks. It's like there's everything. There's everything out there. So that like, part of it's nice. To that, to that example, I think the the one of the best TV shows I've seen recently is called uh, The Haunting of Hill House. I haven't seen Netflix. Yet. Netflix show, cool. Yeah, and Hill House, you know the Shirley Jackson story it was a it was that Liam Neeson shitty '90s movie. It was an adaptation of that. This is very good. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah the it's 90s, a real yeah. piece of shit. This is very good. House it's gotten zero fucking coverage. I'll but check it out. I'm looking assured, for a new show. Rest assured, it's fucking getting heat. You know, there's corners of everything. That's, that's what's cool too, though. It's democracy. You know. It, it's a scary landscape. I mean, there's there's pros and cons to. No, I I actually have appreciated. It. I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, and I've mentioned to people. I've talked with comedians about because there are some comedians who are like, I don't fucking care to yeah. go to New York and L.A. and try to be a face on a TV show. I never want to do SNL. Yeah. I never want to do this. I just want to do stand up. And I told them, I go, well, if that's what you want to do, which is fucking great. Yeah, kudos. You have to go the route of building yourself up, yeah. though, or you're not gonna. You're gonna always have a side job. Yeah, the, the, yeah. like you know, that's what Brian Regan's one of the few people I know who just built up his audience through touring. But there are people now who, if you know how to play the social media game, you could build. Every, you could carve out your own audience. Every comic I've worked with that has been a huge draw, it's been predicated on a podcast. Back, yeah, I've worked with people that have a bunch of TV credits. Yeah, and they draw. Dick half or not dick, but you know, I don't, but I half. Don't. Yeah, they draw half of someone with a popular podcast. I'll give you an example. I I was curious about this with within the last year. I started to be maybe two, maybe a year and a half. I've been really starting to pay attention to this. I never did before. Sure. I never cared about that. I, I mean, I, I just was like it wasn't a thing. I, I didn't. I never had the business side of comedy. I was just like I just want to go up there fucking kill it with the audience and then go get drunk with my friends afterwards yeah that's why i got into Same. this i never looked at it like an art form i never looked at like how i have to take certain parts of it serious and then i realized that was stupid because you grow up right you yeah. know um yeah i saw man everything's a mystery but i've accepted it though i still obviously you know, i mentioned some stuff with social media i don't like but there are a lot of things i do like about social media like you were saying there's more platforms there's more if you're really good you could get out there people could find you that's awesome you no longer have to kiss ass to certain middlemen it might take longer but again, podcasting sure. is a good call with it. I, I legitly and genuinely, and genuinely enjoy podcasting. So even if I have zero listeners, I'll probably still do this because I enjoy it. And I think that's what's most important. But as far as, so what I started to track business wise, whenever someone we know does Conan, not we know, but just any comedian does Conan, right. I'm curious. I'll check how many like Instagram and Twitter followers they had before the appearance. And then I'll check a week later to see if it grew. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's not much. Like I'm not much. It's like 15 new followers. Yeah. It's a sad, pathetic amount. Maybe you get a hundred. Yeah. We, a certain, someone we know did an HBO special, got maybe 200 new followers. Yeah. I've seen people do podcasts, not, not even big, big podcasts and get fucking a thousand new yeah. ones. Yeah. Right now, um, I, I opened for Theo Vaughn at the Laugh Factory. Really nice dude. Works really hard, man. If you if you follow him at all, that dude is a content machine, and and really gives pays it forward. He does a cool thing where any time any town he goes to, he um, puts out a thing on his Instagram and his Twitter. Um, he want he wants to like take single moms out to like a single moms night. 
which is like a really cool, I mean, he's not fucking them, but like he'll like take them, he'll like pay for them to go bowling or pay for them to do whatever, which I think is a cool That's thing. That's really you know? magnanimous. Yeah, right? And, um, but yeah, dude, I, I, so I opened for him there. We went, we went out to breakfast, a group of us, like after the first show, he like tagged us in the photo just from being tagged in that photo. I got like 80 new Instagram followers. Yeah. It's like, and, and I know this dude, Kyle Dunnigan was on Rogan's podcast. He went from 10,000. I love Kyle Dunnigan. Funny as fuck, right? Yeah. He went from 10,000 Instagram followers to 300,000. Yeah. Dude, that shit. And oh, Rogan. Rogan is the new Carson couch. It is. Him and Gerard Carmichael was on Rogan talking about why do people want to even do late night spots? It's a five late minute night set. people. I've been in front of late night people and they fucking don't get me at all. No, because they can't control and, you, man. Right. They can't tell you if they said you that, and, don't and, name, and, you know. And like, I, I feel like I've earned a certain amount of hubris about myself. That's gross to even acknowledge. But you have. But you have. But it's like, well, yeah, if you guys are just like not even looking at what I might do, then it's like, I trust you you know there's a reason why you guys have had to look at me three times and choose to ignore me but you even know? there so many of them like look it has to be clean right right clean ish but mostly clean. clean you can't well it, uh, also listeners you don't even realize this everything has to be typed out every word yes so right now i'm looking at uh proper 12 whiskey if you had a joke where you mentioned proper 12 whis- whiskey specifically they'll say hey jameson does commercials with us you mentioned jameson instead yeah. or if you had a joke where you mentioned coca-cola they go yeah pepsi does commercials for yeah. us do pepsi instead or even like little stuff you see in that comedian documentary way back when where orny adams had a joke about oh, Soraya or lupus and they go you can't do lupus it's a little sensitive how about psoriasis? They made him change the disease of the joke. You, have, you I remember you mentioning. Um, che- no, that's just because you do it at Laugh Factory, Cheesecake Factory. But an example. Yeah. They would say, "Don't mention they Cheesecake say, Factory." Don't do that. Like little shit like I've that, got, where it's like, "What's a fuck? shitty joke?" But I've got good jokes where I mention like the NFL. Yeah, they would say, like, oh, they like, "You can't, can't do that." Maybe if you were on CBS, if you did yeah. um, Colbert, you could do it. But yeah. you're doing family. If I do, if I do it in a fucking oh, Tony Robo voice. If I get Jim Nance to co-sign. Totally. All right, well, let's, it's bullshit. Let's slide into that. Yeah, I would I agree though because we have both we both know great comedians who they have their set. Yeah. And it's great. I know why comedians want to do it, and I'm sure if it was well, offered to me, you, I would do it too. It, but it's validate they just want the validation. Yeah. You're showing a side of yourself that isn't true to how you are on stage. Right. Cuz we know people where you're you watch and you're like, "Dude, that kind of sucked." Yeah. And I know you're way better than that. And yeah. they watered you down yeah. and it's like, yeah. "Do you want to sell that version yeah. of yourself?" And they do it because it, it makes grandma happy yeah. cuz it's like, "Oh, that's valid." When really at the end of the day, it's like we're not doing it for that reason. But I I get it. Yeah. I would probably if Conan called me tomorrow, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow." You want well, me to, it's, you want me mean, to make all my jokes there, suck? There Fine, are make them tangible suck. benefits to doing it. Yeah, it's a credit. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh if you want to make a living doing comedy, if you, you have to understand that uh, the immediacy of social media is a gift. It's huge. And it allows you to circumvent all these gatekeepers. And you have to fucking understand how to do that intelligently. And, you know, it's an honest way to come about it. It's very hard. You know, it's very hard. It, it's, you know, it, it's tough to make a living no matter what you're doing. Um, trying to make a living for uh, just being yourself is hubris it's the definition of hubris it is but it is very satisfying which it is, is obviously a part it's of that very definition. i mean you know doing doing an album at cysk the reason that's why what i, I want to slide yes. into beautiful man yeah i mean the reason so why everyone, i said quick, yes I, I set it up for you yeah then, set it up so joe mcmahon Please. everybody you'll be hearing this probably 
I think this will probably come out tomorrow. Or, Can you quick or, turn around it? Uh, yeah, it'll come out tomorrow for you, <laughs> which I don't think it'll be need. But uh, Joe's doing his debut comedy album yeah. recording Wednesday night, two shows, 7 and 9.30, I believe, at Comedians You Should Know, which is located at Timothy O'Toole's at 622 North Fairbanks, Chicago, Illinois, in beautiful downtown. And um, one show is basically sold out. The other one's got... A smattering of tickets left, but it will be sold out. And um, this is one that everyone's excited for because you are not only to me, and this is why I named you when I was saying that you're part of the group of people I consider better comedians than me for now, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, is that you got both the ability to be a comics comic and an audience comic in the sense that the audiences obviously fucking love you, but then comics also. I I used to call it this. Back when I started out, I came up with this term. The, oh, I'll hold it, meaning I got to take a piss. Oh, no, McMahon's up. Ah, fucking I'll hold it, meaning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my piss because yeah. I want to see you go up. That means a lot to me. I, no, I'm serious, man. About. Yeah, yeah, it's which, all I ever Which is about. why you're good because yeah. if you, I feel like if any, whatever you do, everybody, I'll, I'll take this from not just being comedian specific because I know most of my listeners aren't comedians. Whatever you do in this world, whatever your passion is, if your sole goal is to be so good that the other people in your field respect you and yes. go out of their way to be That's like, true. fuck, look out for this yeah. person, you're winning. You're, yeah. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing yep. and, and fuck the dollar signs and fuck everything else because yeah. that will follow yeah. if your number one concern is to just be so good that you have the respect of your peers. Yeah. All that you'll... And by that, I don't mean... and it's In comedy, though, there are some people who are like, I just want to make my peers laugh. That's not gonna. That's not a way to get the respect. Well, it's, that's not really. You can't. You you got to be yourself, to be, yeah. right? To be, I, I think it's like to be a good comedian. The, the song make, Supersonic. You need to be yourself. You need sorry. to be yourself. <laughs> I'm feeling supersonic. Got my gin and tonic. They figured it out. They did, man. That's Manchester that Jimmy tonic. Buffett. There you go. You know, they fucking described the time and the place <laughs> really? the way Margaritaville did. Manchester Jimmy shit. Buffett. That's what they is. That's what Oasis is. Perfect. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. Oh, there. yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I, um, you yeah, I think it means, well, specifically. Having the respect of your peers is what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That, that means way more than anything. You know, I would, all, I, all I ever all I ever cared about when I uh, first started doing comedy. It's weird. This is this has been a very weird year for me. Like a lot of things have happened to me. What made you decide to just, do the album? Let's get to that. Well, you just I, know it was time. I drunkenly brought it up to Blake, who's Blake uh, Burkhardt, who's Blake our Burkhardt. Uh, producer of Comedians You Should he's Know. A producer, but very also funny. Like, dude, started, out, started, he's recording an album at the end of the month too. November everybody, got to check that out. I'm gonna be there. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to spend all the I might money be in LA, but if I'm still in town, I'll go. Tickets to Blake's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Blake. And, you know, me and him star together. And uh, and, he, and he's like in the comedy, like like deciding to like be part of an artistic scene. What I love about Blake is Blake is a huge comedy fan, too. Yeah. You could tell he really yeah. um, goes in, like he like soaks all he soaks in all things comedy you know and make but he so he talked you into it though well i just mentioned it to blake it's like i'd like to do an album and it's like in blake how long ago was this let's just get it a a few months i just that way in case there are some comics listening they could get it maybe i think like actually i thought about doing this like in the winter um, but like last I was emboldened winter, last winter. winter. Okay, so it's, it's about a year winter in the of 2017, 2018. Okay, I was emboldened by getting JFL. Yeah, man, that's and right, everybody. Getting, he was in Montreal JFL, last getting year. Getting JFL, I'm like, yeah, I, I which won't is a feel, huge deal, by the way. 
It can be. Yeah, you know well, what I mean, can, I mean yeah. what what the the impact can be because there's some people the confidence. There are some people get it and it right. doesn't impact them, but there are some right. people get it and it's a fucking huge yeah. thing. But the invite is is the is invite is very flattering. It's prestigious. It's, it's flattering. Thing, it's all that stuff. You, and don't there don't, are certain goalposts that don't you can set. It. Yeah, for when sure. You start doing it. Oh, I, I would never be voted. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, even more than that, it was like you know. I couldn't afford to get there. And we did and it, yeah. There's a fucking scene-wide Kickstarter, and people gave me fucking three times the amount of money that I wanted just to, like, pay rent, so I didn't get evicted. To get if you didn't there. go to a Montreal strip club with that money, I might have to end this podcast. Not a Montreal strip club. All right, all right. There you go. Good answer. Good answer. Dayton. So... Uh, <laughs> All right, but Blake, yeah, and uh, the only so reason this like, sucks, I, Blake's to blame. Well, yes, <laughs> it's not gonna exactly. Suck. It's gonna be great. No, it's gonna be so good because of the room, the room. Timothy Tools is special, man. But Blake, you know, because he's uh, someone I saw, like I started doing comedy with. And he's like one of my closest friends. You know, he's like a wedding friend. You know what I mean? Like in the wedding friend, he's a groomsman friend. So when me and him were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll do it. And then he, like, Danny sent me an email saying, like, hey, Blake said you might want to do it. I don't even want to do it. I was like, yeah, now's the time. You know, I wouldn't have. I this would is the not, right time for you, yeah. It's the right time. You've been doing it long enough. You've got the material. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And, and, like, the fact that. And build again, off like, the momentum. Bringing it back to, uh, you know, how much it means to me that, like, other comedians, you know, other people that want to do stand-up, like, want to see me do stand-up. That's why I was like, yeah, I'll do the album. Because I knew that like a lot of comedians would buy tickets. And it would only be like a handful of tickets left to fucking be like, yeah, that was a good fucking thing. That was a, that was a good decision for all parties yeah. involved. You know, That's and, nice because you're in a nice situation where, um, yeah, com- comedians want to come out and support you. It means um, so much to me. Holy shit. Yeah, I think it means more. I think comedians like my material, but I think I got a bad. I got off to a bad start with this new scene. Not like guys like you, because I remember you guys when I was leaving for sure. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, people listening. If you're listening for the first time, I was. uh, I cut my teeth in Chicago. I was born and raised here. But as far as starting, when when I first started doing stand up, you were one of the guys. Yeah. And there's, and there's no way to, to respond to that humble. No, no, no. I, just, I have to be like, yeah, I was. Well, I'm not. I'd be lying if it's I was not saying a otherwise. Humble thing. It's yeah. not a brag thing. But it's just like you know that. Yeah, we mean every time of other people. Were, every time someone starts doing stand up in a city, there's, there's going to be the guys. Yes, there's going to be the guys. There's You're correct. Be the people, the theys. And then I left for about three years, yeah. a little over three years. And when I came back, I think a lot of people were like, oh yeah, it's good to see him back. And then I went. I realized there was a culture shift because some of the shit I got away with back then, meaning having a set in which shit went south and I was a drunken asshole and was mean to people, sure. where that was like, ah, it's fucking Joe, it's fine. That wasn't taken so lightly this time around. So right. um, I don't know why I'm making this about myself because this is about you, but I'm saying that's cool that you're able to cultivate the fact that they respect you and they want to support you. Because I have a feeling if I do another album, which I am actually thinking about, not thinking about, I'm going to do. I just don't know. I, mean, you sold I don't three, know when and where. You sold three sets of tickets, right? I did. I sold out three shows. I probably maybe could have pushed a fourth, but that was a different time, dude. I was a little bit more like back then. Not as far as, far as comedian. Not that I it's actually. Still, it's I, still I probably, a fucking. I probably thing. could still sell out from just because yeah. I'm from here and all that stuff. Um, I want to do a second one. I'm looking. I'm, there's a possibility. Put it in perspective for me. I might I'm announce right. something within the next week or two because we're looking at a couple yeah. dates. 
end of December, maybe early 2019. Um, I'm, I'm hashing that out very quickly. If O'Toole's is available, I might look at another venue, which is a little crazy because I love O'Toole so much. But then I, I recorded the other one there, so part of me thinks maybe I go somewhere different now. Um, I don't know why I brought this. This is stupid, even. I just thought it just. I know there are comedians who, because I see them at shows. I know they like my stuff, but I think they're like afraid of me, which bothers me. That's why I think I brought up. Not that I brought up, but that's why I think I've really been thinking more and more about well, anger versus temper because I don't want people to be afraid of me. I'm a nice guy. Don't be afraid of me. Here's something that you have that intimidates a lot of comedians. You're a uh, procreator. Though that intimidates people. <laughs> I, well, not people. no. I get it comedians yeah you know what i mean i am a pro i got a second one on the way everybody it's like there's this disconnect between i mean this is i'm a damn good procreator too (laughs) yeah yeah apparently holy Uh, shit it's embarrassing because i i try to time it out where we're born but we did bad math and that's how virile your sperm is you got a couple of pop warners you got a couple you got a shakim and a shaquille griffin (laughs) and you're nuts uh but comedians you know uh Mostly people that like uh, start expressing themselves at bars for safe harbor, and you know if you're in a relationship, and a you know what you have, you know the love of your life. Make it, yeah, make, yeah. You know, I, I'm it's, I'm it's very. A, it's it's not threatening, but it's something that is foreign. And yes, that will that will always alienate you from right here totally and bring the mic a little closer to you yeah mind thanks sorry but uh, um, you're making good points i don't want them to go by the wayside because you're leaning away um no i hear you and that's that where i in you know that's where i'm lucky you know i've i've only had a uh, solid relationship for a month how's so that going man because like, last time we were on this podcast you were a single single man very single you seem very happy to me i am I, saw, I really think I'm going to... I, I saw you and your lady interact. This. We were at Laugh Factory. Yeah. And in the corner of my eye, I saw you hugging. And then I'm like, oh, are they dating? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, nice. Cool, man. I see that. I see. I see, I see it was... Uh, bo- both, of you, both of you had a nice look in your eyes. Okay. It happiness. is. It is. Uh, a joyfulness. But yeah, go ahead and say whatever you're going to say in the podcast that you felt like might exclusive. be Exclusive. Exclusive. I'm going to marry her. Dude. For sure. For sure. For sure. Calling that right now? I'm calling it. By the way, if you if you text me tomorrow saying delete this, I'm very I will pissed not. off. Okay? It's nothing I haven't said to her <laughs> or a lot of other people. Well, I'm glad this Call is a Killgallon's pub exclusive. That's very good. I Dude, hey, all the best, man. I'll it's give a public you, exclusive. Public, yes. Let me... Um, but, that's, but, but that's a... Uh, it's an interesting... Uh, you know, again... Marriage could be a great thing, man. It can be. You're an example. No, it really can't be. No, as it relates as it relates to like how you will relate and interact with your peers. You know, your Chicago comedy peers, your comedy peers in general. That does detach you a little bit. Being happy. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's where that's where my um I, I, I remember during I had, you know, I had a bad few weeks there in a row. And then you know how things fucking god damn, this comedy scene not not Chicago, all comedy scenes. A very high school lunchroom gossipy, you know, yeah. table shit, right? Which and I used to, little thing I used to really get down goes. on Chicago for being that way. But that's I think like it's everywhere. I don't even think it's just Chicago. Yes, yeah, it's everywhere. And also, so big it's it every business. Be. You know, every, every yes, people every like fucking, to talk shit. They like to gossip. They like, to be like yeah. can, you, can you believe what Jan in accounting did? Oh, I heard so and so in payable receivables. I can't. Even, I said so payable receivables. Are, so I don't know how Columbus State Party 
Janice made out with Terry, the pedophile. Terry, the pedophile, who fingered Karen. Remember when he fingered Karen? Yeah. Can you believe that? Karen, the child. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, you know, Karen's an intern. <laughs> she's 13, but she, she's, you know, she tests very well, so we gave her a job. She got fingered by Terry. You know how Terry is. And, and then Jan started, uh, you know, face-fucking him but in the yeah, middle of the office on Columbus uh, Day of all days. I mean, what, what do you... I mean, you're you're in a very unique position. So I am. I mean, all right. I, I don't have any friends. You could ask me questions. I, I like have, it whenever yeah, yeah. I don't have, people I don't have any friends that are like you. I'm a homeowner. You're a homeowner. I, I pay a mortgage. You, uh, my got, wife pays the mortgage. I contribute a little bit. One kid. <laughs> you know, you've it's got a second one on the way. Yes. And your friends with Ryan Dempster. My I hero. am. I am my high school hero. Ryan Dempster. You could meet him too, man. You have met him. We I took have a picture met together. Remember, we oh took my a God. picture together. We had a great I, time. Yeah. He you I was killed on, at that show, man. I, I was, mean, well, I killed in front of him again on Tuesday. Oh, was he at the, oh yeah, because he performed on Tuesday. Performed. Which, by the way, he, I set that up. Yeah. He came up to me and he was like, hey, man, I remember these jokes you did. And I'm like, dude. Because you gave his dad shit. Let me frame. Yeah. I'm Real like, quick, everyone. Ryan Dempster's a baseball player who pitched for the Red Sox, Marlins, and Cubs. If you don't know that, fucking turn off the yeah, podcast. Yeah, come on, man. Joe don't want don't be. I don't want nerds. It was fucking like there's nothing I've ever done that will compare to Ryan Dempster acting like, hey, man, I'm sorry to bother you. That's cool. Oh, my God. That's cool. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I've been very fortunate with stuff like that. Yeah, I've hung out with Blackhawks players. I've party, party with the Stanley Cup. I I, um, I did this podcast show because I'm like, this is how I get to Dempster. I'm actually going to get him on. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up. You gotta get Dempster. dude. He I was can I can I can I, I, can I tell you how Dempster? close me and him have yeah. become? Hold on, real quick. What's up? You could talk. It's a you it's talk. a bar. It's bar conversation, man. People here. interrupt. It's pod. I can get peanut. You can get peanut Tillman. I right, thought you were well, talking about we're gonna, we're gonna, the bass player from 311. Yeah, if you can get him, too, it'd be great. Well, we'll talk about this off air. I like that. Um, <laughs> thanks, bud. So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, with, with Ryan Dempster. No, it was cool, Dan. I don't, I don't mind. Whenever I do, sometimes people walk by. Like when we've, Every now and then we'll film the it's podcast. It's a pub. It's a pub. It's I go, you never know what's going to happen. It's a um, pub. So, Dempster recently had a uh, daughter. Yeah. Like who? She's probably like three weeks old now, a month old. I got the text saying, hey, um, you know, I can't remember. I'm not gonna say her name on the air, but like, you know, so and so, and we're going congratulations. Yeah. It's great news and all that Some stuff. Service he's a Giants fucking fans. great dude. He's so cool. He's you know why he's Canadian? F- exactly, dude. They are the best. And my, the, my hockey player friends, Canadian. Yeah, the nicest fucking Although, people. You want a little more? Fucking, uh, Top you off a little more. Yeah, proper twelve. Great fucking. Name. I'll, 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 we'll get to the beam when um we'll throw, we'll switch yeah. to Jim Beam in a little bit. But I think we're gonna finish. Well, okay, my roommates here, Mike. Mike, plug. Mike you're, McCabe. You're unemployed. You're unemployed. Plug your resume. Say hello, dude. Say what's up, say, man. Talk on the mic. Say hi. hi. I'm, I'll fucking hit you if you don't say hi. Hi. How there, are you? There you go. See? There we go. Good name. Good Plug man. It. Look him up on LinkedIn. No? Mike's a oh, comedian, cut. too. Cut. Mike's a comedian, too. He also Can we plug you numbers. as a comedian? You don't want us to plug you as a comedian, either? No. You want us? He's, he's been you're a part right of now. the Fraser reboot. Do you want us to plug that? Very fucking shy comedian. All of a sudden, he's a shy. Comedian. Is this your phone all fucked up? By the way, my phone's so fucked up. Uh, I got a crack in mine too. I, I got live, a crack in I my windshield so recently. Dude. I was uh, here's how poor I am. I was reprimanded for shoplifting today by Mariano's. Did you shoplift at Mariano's? Uh, routinely. <laughs> this is the first time I got fucking. How caught. did we not open with this, dude? You, you this first time you got caught. They first didn't arrest you though. Caught. No, they didn't arrest. Me. How do you shoplift? What what's what are you doing? Are you walking out without paying or are you just like eating food Go as to you the walk hot around? bar? Walk out. It's a thing. 
What's you know, the hot bar? Explain to me. I've been to Mariano's, you know, but I don't well, know what you, know you mean by that. You know the chicken tenders? They got the salad bar. They oh, the bar. so you're grabbing like a rotisserie chicken and just hitting the bricks. Not rotisserie. It's mostly chicken. And, and also, too, it's like you're throwing out. You're throwing out a good sizable portion. This is all, like I'm a loss leader, you know? I'm trying to think of the closest Mariano's to here. Ravenswood? Oh, Where's it's the one? right across the street. Oh, there's Mariano's right across the street. I didn't yeah. realize that. He's been old Dominic's. That's right. I gave him I give my I expired Ford ID, so it's like... Now we're just naming Ties grocery chains severed. the Chicago so I, area. I don't think I'm going to go to jail for this shit, but it's like, yeah, you guys you guys were a part of my budget for a while. But That's a bummer, bud. Oh, it's a bummer. But also, you know, it's weird. I'm not ashamed of the act, but I am ashamed of the decisions that led me to the act. What were the decisions that led to the act? I mean, eighteen to twenty-seven. You know, you that's go. a that's a big podcast. If we no, were, I know, dude. If we, 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 we want to fucking unpack all that shit, do you remember the very first one? So yeah. you were on Killian's yeah. episode one with Jonas. Did I talk about the uh, payday loan that totally ruined my finances? I don't know if you did, but you told this great story about going to Mexico. Oh yeah, and passing out. And then I ended up telling the story about my dad going to Mexico. He was supposed to be gone for a week. He was gone for a month, and sent a postcard back that just said "Am fine." Didn't even say "I am fine." Just wrote "Am fine," and we, you guys were all like, "That sounds like a ransom note." <laughs> 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 it did really. Um, what was the payday loan? I don't think you told okay, that. So um, maybe we're being redundant. Two Who cares? years, two years into living here. I, I just I moved into a place in Lakeview because when you first came here, you were, had a good job. Remember? Or well, no? when I first came here, I really didn't have anything. I was a canvas you were in a band. for Greenpeace. Well, I, I came know. up here to try to get in a band. Yeah, I was a camper, canvasser for Greenpeace. I did that for like three weeks, and then my buddy Dan, who I moved in with, along with two other friends, he's like, "Hey, I'll stake you until you find a job." The job I find is a bookkeeper for a failing small accounting business. Just like nothing good is happening. And I do that for a while. I'm personable with people. So like this guy books appointments like, hey, you're a small business. You want someone payroll? I go out there. I go on the appointment. They enjoy it. They sign up. But guess what? I don't know how to do payroll. (laughs) But that guy was like, cool. That guy ended up selling the practice, his client list, to the tax firm that's right across the street from Laugh Factory. Oh, yeah, big yeah. Tax yeah, for sure. I worked there. It's an all-gay firm run by a gay man who is a member of the Sons of Confederates. What? It's a gay racist. A very Oh, God, Junior Stop used to have a joke about a gay racist. He called him a gaysist. It's a gay. Anyway, we, we got a gay. We got a gay system. We got a gay It's like the bad guy John from the Wayne most gay-sist. recent Jurassic yeah. Park movie. I didn't see that one. Spoiler. Well, it's, it's a bunch no, of cool. Now I know there's an evil. Bad gay hybrids guy. all coming together. No, makes sense. I mean, not the gay thing. That's not bad. No, inherently. Could, but could like be a gay hybrid. But movie. but right. the idea of being so hateful that you don't understand people not liking you. What? Yeah. Did that. Found a job working for a uh, entrepreneur who used to design Discovery Zones. You remember Discovery Zones? Yeah, Th- they were better show. than Chuck E. Cheese's, but just never took off the same. They way. were like CrossFit Chuck E. Cheese. I remember going to a Discovery Zone and they had this cool rubber thing mm-hmm. and being like just falling. And the whole, yeah. whole idea was like you just fall. And falling in. What's that now? Who's bottom? 
McDonald's bought Discovery Zones. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. That's very good information. Holy shit. They all that And yet too. Mike, Mike will tell me that, but he won't tubes. talk into the microphone. That's weird. Yeah. All right. That's <laughs> where he goes. Uh, all right. So the entrepreneur. We're from Nightmare. Total collapse. <laughs> Basically, it's like this guy didn't know what he was doing, but he was, a, uh, he was going through a terrible divorce, and he loved cocaine. And he's like, I'm going to go on Craigslist one of these nights and fucking recruit people to make a thriving outdoor hospitality business in Chicago. <laughs> the problem with that is Chicago's got 16 good weeks a year. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Outside. I mean, it's brutal so outside right shed. now. Then I worked for a property management company where I was like, yeah, I'm a bookkeeper. I worked for a company that got ran into the ground. I didn't tell them they ran into the ground bar. They were like, yeah, go do that. And common as fuck. And then, after that, stand up. Not sure what my point was. Yeah, where's the payday loan part of there this was story? No, oh, the payday loan. Okay, yeah, earlier. Okay, so the you just give me your job history, basically. The in-between. Yeah, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a paleontologist for a shed. Um, <laughs> in-between, though. Uh it's like a payday loan uh, between the gay racist and the uh, incompetent coke addict. It's like a payday loan to just like try to subsist. And that fucked me hardcore. I was ignorant as to what it was. It's a blood sucking enterprise and it just like ruined finances. Just Damn like, God. oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm honestly like fun. I had you know I had that rough stage in my twenties where I was like fucking broke, dude. Yeah. Like I was clever about it in the sense that I remember someone saying like I never sensed that you were broke. I go, dude, I was very cool about the yeah. fact that I would go, I would only go to bars where I was gotten taken care of. Yes, I would hang. I would. I do that now. Anytime someone saw me, I remember someone being like, "You must have spent a lot of money last night. You were hammered." I go, "I didn't pay for any of those drinks." Like you, you just know when to yeah. play those cards. You yeah. get you get crafty, and it reminds me of being if you're a smart person, which you are, and I'm kind of, and and if you're a smart person who's broke, you could still sustain a pretty decent lifestyle by being crafty. And I remember watching this thing about. So I thought till tonight. We do. We just comes back to me with Mariana's set up a stake. Yeah, Mariana oh, figured you out. Well, we felt- were talking about uh, fucking uh, marketing <laughs> earlier. There was something about oh God. I can't remember what it was. Some movie or TV show I saw where they were talking about how uh, back when the budget was small for the marketing department, they were churning out their best work. Then they made the market huge, and now they're just not getting results. Cut their budget; it'll force them to be more creative. So when we, when guys like me and you were broke, it forced us to be creative because we weren't just yeah. going to be like, "Well, I'm just going to be boring now." No, we're yeah. still going to fucking live a life worth yeah. talking about on stage. Yeah. So we had to come up with ways to be like, "All right, I'll figure this out. I'll figure that." Out. Like, yeah. Like I know, like what, like when money was tight, I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm on the road. I'm doing some shows at this club. I need breakfast and lunch. The club will give me dinner. What will I do? All right. Um, Continental Hotel's got a free breakfast." I go downstairs, eat that plate there, get a plate to go, bring it upstairs, there's breakfast, there's lunch. Or if it wasn't working out that way, I'll go to Little Caesars, get a full pizza for five bucks, crazy about another two dollars. I'll spread that out across two meals. Fucking baller shit right there, right? Then at the club, you eat free, 
you, you have a good set, you schmooze some people afterwards, they're buying you drinks, and you always do the thing where they're like, hey, you want, well, let's buy you a drink. Nah, you don't have to. No, we want to. All right, fine. And then they buy you drinks, even though you know that's the case. You, you milk another round yeah. out of them. You, you hang out by the next person yeah. for a round. Like, you know. just know how to pull I, those levels. I don't want to. Oh, if I had to drink some Grey Goose and uh, Galliano. Oh, see, you yeah, weren't yeah, bold. Yeah, I was never a... that bold. I was always <laughs> cheap beer and whiskey type Give me of a Harvey Wallbear. You know what I would have said? I didn't say? plan on drinking that. <laughs> I just wanted to order because it's fun to say. Yeah. I would just say whatever you're drinking. Because every now and then when someone would say, what do you want? And I'm like, ah, I'll take a Miller Lite. Dude, come on, man. Yeah. Get a real drink. Yeah. I'm like, well, then what are you drinking? Well, maybe feel real proud. And then I would get whatever is, they had. Uh, Sorry, I the said The attorney said general money. from Palm Beach County. The AG, huh? The AG. State attorney general. He was at a show. Joe's a Florida boy, everybody. He's a Florida boy. Mm-hmm. I'm a Florida boy. He's a Florida boy. He went. He was in town for a uh, opioid crisis <laughs> conference, and he saw me do stand-up for the Scar Brothers. Came up, gave me a fucking business card. He went to North Bar, this guy? Cause I was yeah, North? he went to North Bar. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, I'm in town for a conference. And I was just like, yeah, this will kill some time. Here's my card. And I'm like, it's amazing. If I get fucking fucked up in Florida, you will be- you fucking bail me out? And he goes... I will recuse myself. <laughs> That's now, awesome. Dude. I've got an AG who's willing to recuse himself. I want to do some Florida gigs with you, man. Let's, we should. Let's, let's up a tour, dude. We I know we got coconuts. some listeners in Tampa. Oh, yeah. I got some listeners in Tampa. That- we do that. My, my dad and my brother, we, uh, they live outside Lutz. My gal, Florida. Laurel. Laurel Ray and her awesome mom. She's down there, and there's a couple other people. Have you been to Bush Gardens, Florida? I would go down. I'm in all of it. I've never been Bush to Bush Gardens. Gardens. I've never else. been to Tampa. I've been to Tampa's very fun. I've been to Orlando for Disney World when I was a kid. Right. Um, I got family in Boca Raton, so I've been in the Rats Mountain. I've been in Miami. I've been to Fort Lauderdale because we Gulf flew into Coast Fort Lauderdale. Is better. I've heard it's oh, better. Yes. Yeah. And I've been the only. I've been on the. I've been to Fort Myers. I did a weekend in Fort Myers. Myers is cool. Yes, it was you me, get, myself, you get and Natalie Jones. I was at Myers. I was at a comedy club above a tilted kilt. And the waitress at the tilted. First of all, all the waitresses were smoking hot. Yeah. But the one waitress it was funny doing. because Natalie and I were sitting there eating before the show because we were able to eat for free at the tilted kill before the show. It was Belushi's County Bar, owned by Jim Belushi. It's now long, now no longer exists. And uh, we're eating, you know what I mean, and all this stuff. And um, Natalie was noticing that our waitress had these like little back dimples. You know these back dimples? You guys love know what I'm them. talking about? I fucking Listeners, love them. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? These little dimples and like... If a, your girl got back dimples, that's a good ass. Yes, because it's just above the butt, yep. lower back. So these waitresses wear like these like, you know, it's tilted kilt, so they were like a flannel schoolgirl type skirt. Yeah. So they call it a kilt, but oh, it's a schoolgirl. Oh, bang, 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 bang. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like a little Britney Spears yeah. for you. That's and, when that shit... Took all of his oh, God, idea. very sexy. I look back at that going, God, she was so hot. And I think oh, she was 16, I and I feel bad. But then I was 13. I was 13. Yeah. I was 13 or 14, so I, I'm allowed to fucking look I back fucking at that. I jerked off so much to her. Oh, my God. Every if now you and then. up all that cum, you could make the Utah Jazz. <laughs> That's how hot she was. Dude, but every now I had and then. I had enough cum for Utah Jazz. Dude, uh, I was feeling a tank, my friend. But, like, I... I had Britney Spears stickers on my locker in high school, but I remember I remember when um, someone was pointing out on Facebook or some mm-hmm. social media. Uh, by the way, guys that are still into Kelly Kapowski, she was a 
15 or 16 year old girl, you pervs. And I always think to myself, by the way, I love that you're doing dishes right now. Um, <laughs> great choice. No by other the way. time to do them. No other time to do them. You gotta do. It. You guys have a fucking. Are you guys roommate? Like your roommate? Do you guys have a chart in which you do fucking chores? We got a wheel. It's Jeez. a wheel. In my head, I'm like, what is that sound in my ears? I'm like, oh yeah, dishes. No, it's cool. Don't worry about it, man. Um, I'm no, okay. That, that I can definitely still- a don't do them anymore. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> Joe said, don't worry about it. Taffy, speaking to the microphone. You did dishes. You're Taffy, did you forgot we were recording a podcast? Yes, I did. It's all right. It's fine, man. It's, it's casual. All of a sudden, my headphones were like, there's a weird sound. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I look, and you are just fucking, you're getting out some stains, and I so appreciate I that, man. I hope. Like, work's being done. Well, I was saying, though, and maybe you could chime in on this if you'd like, I'm, I could still look back at pictures of Saved by the Bell at Kelly Kapowski and think, hot. Because my brain goes back to when I was four to five years younger than that person. You know what I mean? If I'm a, as a 34 year old and there was a brand new TV show, what's a, what's a new? What's the a Pink Power Ranger? Amy Jo Johnson. Yes, yep. I could still look we back at her thinking she was sexy. Step by step, you'd Ooh. have to fucking tie all me to a radiator sisters, to get me to not jerk off to a step by step. The tomboy one was the fucking hot. Oh, ow! Sure, she was. Ow! Mm-hmm. Was that her name? Owl or Al or whatever? Ow! Oh, she was yeah. definitely the hottest. Skabow. You know the dude who was like the cousin that came in, like killed people in real life. Taffy, Taffy signing off. Say one cool thing. I thought he was going to say I one can't. cool thing. Nah, he, he I can't. He That's it. pretty cool. He acknowledges his limitations. Yeah, he choked a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just some whispering going on. Yeah, there's some cool. whispering. He was like, I did 9 11. He did 9 11? Yeah. All right. Well, I was up. It's good to know if anyone's curious. <laughs> Good, not nine eleven. Maybe you too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're Larry Mullen. All right, what the, what the fuck was I on about just a little bit earlier? Oh, you. Uh, about Florida. We all drink off the step. Everyone drink step by step. Come by, come. Load by load. That's a lot of come. Every day I want to put cum in your mouth. That should have been the song, man. That would still be an odd. TGI yeah, for sure, you have man. to fucking tie me up with goddamn fucking fiber optic cable. <laughs> Crazy. I love that show. I did it like that. That was a whole good lineup there. What the fuck was I talking about, though? I, we had a little... Um, we had moment. I'm, I'm done. I think it was Florida-related, man. Uh, we'll wrap it up. In ter- no, not in terms of like, I'll talk forever, but I'm done in terms of like... I'm remembering. I'm done remembering either. If you're a listener thinking, we drank oh, so man, much. they were on fucking path there. They were really getting it going. Yeah, that's the thing. We got drunk. Like, the <laughs> drunkenness expressed itself way after we started talking. That's going to be confusing to people. This bottle is basically empty. There's just there's not much left. Yeah, we'll we'll polish it off for sure before yeah, I go. For sure. I got to pick up medicine for my kid on the way. Oh, we were talking earlier about me living. Here's the thing I've noticed. I feel like I've all, I've, for your typical comedian, I'm living the most normal life that you could live one as a comedian, them. one yeah. of them. But then if you see me, you're like, oh, that dude's not normal at all. He's got a screw loose for sure. And, and it's funny because during the day, I'm, I'm happy as fuck. And I'm happy at night. I love fucking stand-up comedy. I love it. But I'll have people like like Jonah, who you were on the first podcast with, who's on the other one, and some other, and a few other people every now and then. They'll see me and they'll be like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, and I get mad at them because I'm like, "Dude, I'm fine." Yeah. And they go, "Yeah, but you seem to get mad a little bit quicker than you used to." I go, "Dude, I'm tired. All it is is I'm tired. Tired. I'm just I'm yeah. just more tired." I, that. I went yeah. from before my son was born yeah. to being out every night, all night, but I was sleeping eight to ten hours. Yeah. 
Then I went from sleeping eight to ten, more closer second to ten kid. hours. And what, what, what are your thoughts? I got the second kid coming. When you found I'm, out about first kid, what's different about finding out about the second? Well, kid? dude, both honestly, both of them were super planned. We planned both of them. Dude, so, I, but, I, but I would pull out until difference? it was time to make a baby. Yo, I wouldn't even ask um, you about that. But is there any like specific difference? Between you know what? I started planning to get, for a first, planning for a second. The planning's easier for the second because you know what to expect. But I started yeah. to get a little bit worried because I'm like, fuck. What if their sleep schedules get a little bit off? A little because right now I'll get. How many years will they be apart? Two, two and a half. <sighs> My son turns two in February. The baby will be born in May, so it'll be two years in a few months. That's awesome. Yes, I think that's a good. Well, no, again, we planned it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. You know, I remember. That's some good boomer Catholic shit. I'm, I'm lucky. We're lucky. In that I feel like a Glory dick. days. Yeah, right? No, I do feel like a dick because someone mentioned to me, might have been my darling wife because she's very smart like this. She's like, hey, don't go running around saying we got pregnant right away. Right. Because there's a lot of people who struggle and you're going to make them feel bad without realizing it. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Right. Because I remember at the time, I had a joke I don't even do anymore because it, it made me think, oh, I don't want to. You know, do that. Yeah. It's not offending anybody, but I don't want to put anyone in a position. I don't care if I offend people here or there, but I just didn't, you know, I, I don't want to at the same time make people not have a good time. Right. You know, people, I want people to have a good time. Yeah. That's what, because I, 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 I truly uh, feel that about myself. And uh, it sounds crazy given what I talk about. It yeah. sounds it sounds there you crazy. Go. Yeah. Got that mic a little higher. Giving yeah. like I know what you're saying though, and that's what I was gonna like, say. Every time I say something, I want them to be entertained. Yes, I choose to talk about things that might upset people. That's but what I, I was gonna assume. say. I didn't finish what I was gonna say earlier. I was saying you and Russ and Marty and a few other people, you have this ability of being smart comedians, and you'll say stuff that some people on surface will be like, ooh. But you say it tongue in you're not if anyone would walk out of one of your sets being like, I think what he said was homophobic, I'd be like, You're a fucking moron. Yeah. How could you have taken yeah. it that way? And what you do is like you you'll you, you like me, you'll make a great point and you're on the right side of things, like or whatever, like you're you're make, you're being a good guy. But then you also then go or I could be a complete piece of shit. Like you throw that out there because at the end of the day, it's gonna be funny. I'm making this fun. I can't just be some guy that's yeah, like. It's gonna be funny and also. Uh, it's that's, it's annoying. That's what life is right. I you like. Know, life I like. Is, I like. Life the, is like people that don't agree with you. Letting you know what they think. You love this when Russ Williamson was on the podcast. For some reason, women's rights came up and he goes, "Let me tell you something about women." During all those marches, I didn't see a single sign that said, "Hey, maybe we could be better drivers." Huh? <laughs> He made fun of women's driving. Yeah, now, yeah. if you were a woman listening to that going like, this guy hates women, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Because he made fun of the most obvious, yeah. stereotypical yeah. shit. Yeah. He's you know making I mean? fun of himself by yes. even saying that. Yes. Yeah, people don't get that sometimes. Yeah, to it's me, I'm like, if you're offended by that, then that the comedian well, you're, more, is beyond What's more you. condescending, right? Is it more condescending to say what you know people are going to agree with and then put it on them to fucking support you. Yeah. Or is it more respectful to be satirical and give them the credit to understand that they know what you're, that you're joking? Danny Kels has that great jo- more respectful. Way more respectful. Danny Kels has that great joke about. It. Yes, because I, I believe you, you have to recognize there's. Give your audience some credit. Yeah. Don't insult their intelligence. And Danny Kales has that great joke. I could reference my own jokes, but I'd rather you guys pay to come see me. Um, where smart he says he has a whole thing where he's like, "Oh, and I don't have a printer." 
I don't own a printer. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because yeah. I ain't gay. You know those gays always printing shit? Yeah, it's yeah. It's fucking hilarious. I didn't even do it justice. It's yeah. a hilarious joke. And, and I, I've, it's seen, a commentary, I've seen... It's a commentary on bigotry. It's arbitrary. Yes. I've seen gay bigotry men... Bigotry is arbitrary. Well, yeah. I've seen gay men cry yeah. with laughter over yeah. it. You know what it's I mean? It's so funny. I'll never forget this. I did this joke at the Laughing News. At the Laughter. This woman came up to me after the show. This was probably like four or five years ago. Came up to me after the show going, hey, what do you do when someone's like offended by one of your jokes? And I didn't, I didn't think it was her. I was just like, oh, I mean, I, I don't do anything. Like, what, what could I possibly do if you, you people choose to be defended or if they are offended, you know, whatever. But, you know, I don't, what, what could I possibly do? And then I go, why do you ask? And she's like, because that joke you did about gay people, I found very offensive. And the funny thing was the joke was so pro-gay, it was hilarious. Yeah. And I go, well, I mean, there's nothing I could do. If that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel, but like whatever. And she's like, because I'm with two gay men right now. And I go, okay. And, and she goes, one of them thought it was great. And I go, all right. And she's like, the other one, I don't, I don't think he enjoyed it. She said, I don't think he. She, just, she didn't even say for sure. And so right away, I'm like, even if you know for a fact he hated it, I'm, I'm batting 500. And, and fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, like, they both then came out, the two gay men, because this yeah. was during the show. She's giving me shit. They, or maybe it was after the show, but they came towards us then. Both gave me a hug. Love the joke. So yeah. funny. Thanks for not being one of those people who kiss our ass. Because I see so many comedians nowadays where I think if I were the minor- minority group they were talking about, I'd be like, fuck you. You're I don't want you speaking like for me. Child. Yeah, don't treat me like a child. Don't act like yeah. we can't fend for ourselves. And it's always straight yeah. white chicks. These straight white girls who are like, oh, that's cultural appropriation. Or that's this or that's this. I go, get the fuck out of the way. That's These people could speak for here's themselves. The problem with it. Right. It's not the problem is like stand up comedy is amazing because it's vulnerability. Talking to strangers about any artifice of performance, any artifice of what the art is going to be, is fucking transformative. When you start just saying things that you know people are going to agree with, you erode that artifice. I would agree, yes. You know? No, it's hard it's to not watch safe. too, man. You know, it's it's stand-up comedy is amazing because it's extemporaneous, but it's planned. When you're saying things that you know people will not be able to criticize, it's not brave. You know, yeah, I'm glad you brought the bravery part of stand-up and everything like that because, well, every punch, that's what the do you think? Thing, that's the thing that people want to give credit to stand-ups. It's like it's brave to go up there without a writer. It's like you know, stand-up comedy is one of those. Uh, art forms where it's just it's purely your thoughts yeah it's 100 percent you if people reject you if people aren't laughing at you they're rejecting your brain yeah that's why i think so many comedians turn to drugs and hard alcohol and yeah, all that other they can't stuff that. because it's like oh yeah. they hate me yeah well and really it's like no they hate your ideas they, or my well fun, you also know. they kind of hate them yeah you that know? too if, that, if they're, they're that strong. repulsed you touched on something. That it's weird, is man. Personal. People ask me all the time. They go, "Hey, do you get nervous before you go up on stage? Do you blah blah blah?" And I'm like, "I don't. I don't get nervous before going on stage. I don't there get was nervous. a time. I'll get. I'll get maybe sad because it's like I know this is a no win. Yeah, you know. No, I've seen. I've, yeah, there's been sets like that where you're like, "What the fuck could I do here to yeah. make these people happy?" I don't. I don't really. Yeah, I don't get nervous. I'm over that. I've been over there for a long ass time. But what will happen? Here and there, and a lot of times, is that even it happens when I'm not on stage. I'll be at a show 
where I'm waiting to go up or I had already gone up. And I'll take a step back and I'll look around and I'm like, man, this is a crazy thing. I'm, I'll, I'll be in the back of the room and I'm looking at, this happened to me over the weekend. I'm at Skyline. I'm looking at 200 plus people staring at one person. And that and it happened when I was at Zanies the week before. And that, that one person is just talking. And they're basically, a lot of the times they're talking about their life and making it funny along the way. And everyone is just glued on them. Yeah. Now, music is different. I know a lot of people will be like, well, music's the same way. It's the, everyone's staring at the lead singer. I'm like, well, no, because there's still a band. There's a whole thing. There's an artist. It's, they're, right? They're, yeah, it's, you know, it's a I, system. Music, it's more recognizable. comedy is predicated on rhythm. Amazing. They do have, yeah, they, they, they have in common. Music has this built-in vulnerability that comedy doesn't have. So you're going to get more people that are willing. You're going to get more you. people yeah. that are willing to be amenable to what a musician does as opposed to a comedian they don't know. A comedian that you're not aware of who they are is just some asshole who thinks they know more than you. Oh, yeah, that's a damn good point. No one is more hated than an unfamous comedian. That is true. And and it is one of those... what makes it very hard to try to, you know, withstand all the fucking gales and just, you know, be there standing 15, 18, 20 years later and be like, I got a little bit of audience. None of them motherfuckers do. Let me rip. You know? Yeah, man. It is one of those weird things, too, where in music... Well, this is the other point I was going to make about music. Sorry, I'm deviating a little bit from it. Well, there are politics. Music. What would you say? I'm sorry. Uh, I said I love the Nirvana thing. You love the Nirvana. You're a big Nirvana. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. Love Nirvana. It's probably my favorite band of all time. I love. I'm weird. I've got a weird like. I I love Nirvana, but I also love Michael Jackson. I also love Billy Joel. I love you know. Love Billy Joel. Led Zeppelin, the White Stripes, Oasis. Like I mentioned, I'm a big fan of. But then I, I could kick it with like. Kick it. I love how I say kick it and I'm sliding to rap music. I'm such a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, say kick it after listening 18 of the whitest. Yeah, no, I like, well, Michael Jackson, who's pretty white too, I guess. But yeah. I like a lot of great music. And then there's underground stuff I'm into too. Um, you know, if it's good. Some people just have like you it because they need to the like it. Perfume Genius? No, I have not. Check out Perfume Genius and the song Queen. Song Queen. Yeah, I will amazing. check it out. No, because there's a lot. I'm not one of those people who are like, if you're not famous, I'm not going to like you. Because there's a lot of bands. Yeah. Some, someone was asking me about, like, oh, there must be some new rock music you'd like. And I suggested, I go, yeah, there's a band called The Orwells I'm really into. And then two days after I said that. Thank God you didn't say Greta Van Fleet. Thank God I said who? Greta Van Fleet. Oh, great. yeah, no, no, no. That no. Led Zeppelin ripoff? Yeah, no, oh, that's so bad. So bad. It's so insulting. They're really bad. It's um, very insulting. I don't, yeah, I've heard Greta Van Fleet. I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm not, it's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into it because it's, you're right. It's insulting. It's insulting. You're, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. But the Orwells, I'm like, oh, they're kind of, they have a sense of humor about themselves. They seem like a fun band. Obviously, I could hear some influence there, but they, they seem like a kind of a new punk rock band where they, they're just kind of fun old school rock and roll where they, they're, they're singing about drinking and getting laid. I'm like, cool, I'm into it. And I remember suggesting, because someone said, I go, do you listen to anyone new? And I go, yeah, them. They, they released an album. They released an album the same week my son was born. Because I remember listening to it in the hospital. Came out like two days before he was born. I bought it. I bought it on iTunes. Anyway, two days, like this was like a month and a half ago. Two days after I recommended them to someone, uh, I saw on Twitter a tweet from the Orwells, we have broken up. Oh. 
the or the Orioles have disbanded. Sorry, we're not going to do the Metro show mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Then all this stuff was I just clicked on it and I saw comments. Mm-hmm. They got me too hard as fuck. And I didn't mean it like they. It sounds like they deserved it. Not all of them. Apparently, three of the five members were complete scumbag pieces of shits. And it's, it's plurality. Like, and I remember going like, "Oh my god, I yeah. just recommended them to some people, yeah, yeah. and now they're over." That's your problem. Now. And not only they're over, but they're fucking like bad dudes. And that's another thing with rock and roll that we talked about with them with the fall of rock and well, roll. All the all the is like, that like it was sex and drinking and sex and drinking horrible is horrible shit. All of them did. I mean, Bowie fucked fourteen year olds. Led Zeppelin made a lady fucking shark. Prince hates gay people. Hated gay people. He's dead now. He did. You know what I mean? He did. And you know what's funny? Back to like, I, oh god, I, I, this pissed me off recently. Sorry, I'm going. I'm going all over the place now, everybody. This is like the last ten minutes of the podcast. So we're gonna get a fucking wild with this shit. I talked about Twitter liberals, Twitter, all this shit, and we talked about earlier when you're like, all oh, men are evil, and it's not. Yes. I, I like that. We could probably come up with something better, but it'll yeah, work for now. But for now, for now. And um, someone said something about this dude, and I remember I screenshot and I sent it to a friend of mine. I screenshotted what the post was and sent it to a friend of mine. I go, "Hey, you see this horrible thing that this friend of our or person we know posted about? Do you know how I know it wasn't a white guy?" And the friend responded with, "Because she didn't say it was a white guy. Because in the post it said this man did this horrible thing." Yeah, and I go. I know it wasn't a white guy because if it was a white guy, she would have said this white man did this, but it didn't say that. And I know a lot of the tweets from this person would, if it was a white man, would have easily said this white guy or this white man did this. And, I, and right away, I go, that's what's fucked up. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and when I and I know when I say that, there are some people who listen to that and think like, oh, well, you got sensitivities. You don't want to hear white people being talked shit about. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I truly don't either. Talk, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a straight white guy. Talk, you can't even hurt my feelings. Tactics. It's tactics. tactics. Yes, thank it's you. It's a bad tactic. Because the thing with me and you uh, is we're both dudes who, I mean, I know we both knock each other's intelligence, but we are both smart guys. Yes. We, we care. We have empathy, which is the word you used earlier. If I'm earlier. not smart, we're in trouble. Yes. But a big part of us is that we do have a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. And... Because of that, yeah. we see how it affects other people. Yes. So when we see both sides doing their bullshit, we have no problem sure. going, hey, left, that's fucked up. Yeah. Hey, right, that's fucked up. Yeah. But the people on the left are like, well, screw those people. They're fucking, they're, they're this. And I go, well, that's fine. But at the end of the day, do you want to be right or do you want to win? Yeah. Because you want to win. You want to win because you don't get shit done if you're not in power, right? So keep. Keep calling all those people fucking scumbags and the worst people in the world and racist and sexist and homophobic <clears throat> and all that. Or you could actually communicate with them, talk to them, exchange some ideas with them, figure some common ground, worst be case better. Scenario. I'm not saying capitulate. You don't have to capitulate your no, morals. No, no. But worst case scenario, you... Real quick, your other roommate, Chris Damon? Sexy motherfucker, dude. Oh, Look at that guy. sexy bitch in the world. laundry man. Chris, Chris, Chris promote, come, come say hello, promote, Chris. Promote, promote something. Promote whatever you hey, need, man. Go to CYSK this Wednesday. <laughs> what a good dude. A good you asked him to promote something, he promoted your album. That's a fucking yeah, yeah. man right there. He's my dude. So anyway, we're he's, talking about he's those. He's my dude forever. We're talking he's, about those lip tarts. <laughs> oh, the lip tart cucks? Here's the problem. You, uh... <clears throat> well, looks cool. What people gravitate towards is the whole stiff upper lip thing. Oh. And if you get upset all the time, you're not going to get people to gravitate 
because it's exhausting. So I gotta be upset about this, and also this, and also that. Understand where your place is. Understand what you've dealt with. Let your fucking politics, let your fucking beliefs be about truly your own experience. And I feel like if most people do that, we're going to settle on a society in which everything isn't kicked up. Yeah. You know? Totally. And uh, (coughs) what impedes that is... People just demonizing people. Totally. Both sides. You oh, know? yeah, both sides. Yeah, for sure. You know? My Uncle Kevin, uh, he is great. Love him to death. His next big business plan, buying up all the Confederate statues people wanted to give away or burn. Buying him up and have his own fucked up racist field of dreams. <laughs> Holy shit, really? Not great. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his <laughs> intent or his ideas. But he's my uncle. He loves me. Yeah, totally. I love him. Love and appreciation should transcend belief. I would 100% agree with that. Totally, man. And if we all fucking just dived into that. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll for sure get there. I would agree. I don't think shutting people off is the answer. No. Like I mentioned no. earlier. Uh, I, it's never the answer. It's I, never been the answer. When I brought up transgender earlier and I said, hey, listen, there's been stories of people, not stories, cases. These uh, stories sound like it's made up. These have been, these are facts. There are people who have been born. Skunk apes, yeah, People born with their heart on the outside of their body, their organs on the outside, but all this weird stuff. I'm not weird, but I'm just saying different. Why is it so hard to believe for you that someone could be born with a male exterior but a female interior? Why is that so difficult to believe? And furthermore, even if you don't believe it, fucking, they're not hurting you. They're not bothering you. And no, it's estimated that there's 800,000 people that are transgender in the United States of America. Why do you care? Uh, 330 million. Why do you care? Exactly. Why do you want to live and let live? Respect these people. Don't give them a hard time. Don't if you don't agree with them, fucking stay away from them. Yeah. Like you know, let them be their own thing. You know, there are people who, like you know, like I, I, I mean, by the way, I'm okay with people being like, I don't like this person. You don't have to like everybody. No, you know what I mean. But like, if I didn't like people who, if everyone who liked the, I don't like the color turquoise. I do, but I'm just using this as a dumb example. So if everybody who was like. I love turquoise and I hated turquoise. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to stay away from the turquoise people. I wouldn't be fighting to deny them human rights. Yeah. I would just be like, they like yeah. turquoise. I don't. Fucking For sure. whatever. Yeah. To go out of their way and to make fun of them, to make themselves feel better, it's fucking weak. What it's a that? sad disposition. You know? It's nothing. I did want to wrap up on. Um, it's been good, Papa. It's been a fun, man. It's been a fun. I've had a good time talking with you about shit, dude. You're fucking. You're a. You're fucking genuine as shit, dude, and that's what's really cool about talking about with you, man. It's 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 fun to see where the conversation's gonna go. Um what did I want to say? I had something in my mind in specific. I hope it's about bass fish. Bass fish, dude. I got opinions. You got one of those talking. Billy Bass's nah, I put him down, he started talking about Palestine. 
What is that? What was the fish? What would the fish sing? There was a singing fish thing on it. Take me to the river. in the water. What was the other one? Oh, man. I remember taking me to the river. I got a terrible voice. I would, if I would trade every joke I had so I could be a frontman in a band, that sounds way more fun than being a comedian. That's why I moved up here. I know, man. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. What, you're a singer-guitarist? Can you write a song? I could. You could I write have. a song? Dude, yeah. you should, I would love to hear some of your shit you wrote, yeah. man. I'm a good... I'm, I'm such a better guitarist than I am a comedian, but I'm good enough at being a guitarist where it's like... I could work at a Bennigan's. What do you think about playing with passion? What do you think about just playing with passion? Because every now and then I'll hear someone who people are like, this guy's a great guitarist. And I'll listen. I'm like, yeah, it sounds really good. And they're like, flawless. Hit every note. And I'm like, listen, here's the thing. They're technically good. Yeah. Meaning meaning if you you go here. I want passion. Being a comedian and being a, like being a comedian on our level versus being a musician on our level is a comedian on our level, people are expecting original point of view. If you're a musician on our level, people are expecting execution yeah. of, you know, what are It's so much easier what we do. Well, I just want, kind of, I want passion. Kind of, like, even. Kind of. Our passion, I mean, again, like the greatest. Uh, why people revere comedians, and this has gone back 600 years to the time of jesters. Yeah, man. We're going deep now with it. Yeah. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. You know, the midget from that if video. Your friends don't dance. That, that was the first comedian. No friends of mine. All right, you yeah. Know, midget jesters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the difference between that and comedy is like comedy is just like anyone can really do this. Oh yeah, man. Anyone can talk. People who aren't comedians. But if you want to be a musician, you have to at least establish some sort of motor chemical discipline. And bravery versus work ethic. You know, what what's what's more important? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not sure either, man. I think authenticity. That's that's huge. Being independent independent of Like, we're, everyone lives in a crucible now. You used to just be able to have thoughts. You know what's killed me, man, uh, with, yeah. with comedy is, I, I noticed this about a month or so ago, I was at some show. It used to be when a comedian went on stage and said something fucking crazy and outlandish and holy shit, all the comedians who were also at that show, the comedians in the when back, nuts. would yeah. be like, holy shit, did you hear what Joe McMahon said about this? Or did you hear what Kelgan said about this? It was like a fucking holy, they, they were like, oh my god. Oh wow, dude! Yeah. That's they were like excited. They thought yeah. it was cool as fuck. Yeah. Now, when someone goes up there and says something off the wall and outlandish, they go, they just are like, "That's problematic." Yeah. I just think that's yeah. like, and that bothers me a little bit yeah, because it's, it's like, even if you don't think it's funny, even if it's not your style of humor, you should still get a thrill out of someone going up there and saying the most crazy it's shit you've so ever heard. Vulnerability. It's, it's vulnerability. It's vulnerability. putting themselves out yeah. there. There's like a fucking risk to it, you know. Um, you know, I'm not as vulnerable as I could be on stage. I think I'm trying to be as either. honest as fuck, but like, I'm, I'm weird because I don't I'm have vulnerable a in a very specific way. Well, you you're good with self-deprecating stuff. I don't really have the self. Yeah, I'll make fun. I'll call myself out on shit and give myself a hard time about stuff. But like, as far as going up there and being like, well, I'm this and that. Like, I just feel like every time I've tried to do that, it feels forced. Yeah, where I kind of 
like to be can't force it, dude. I've got, I've got, I can't force any. No, of it. I feel like it sounds cocky to say this. Mistake. I have a natural swagger, and I don't want to fucking hide Sam's from it either. It's a very weird art form in that, dude. It's uh, super weird. It's fucking weird you know, as shit. If you're trying to be funny, no one hates anybody more than the guy who's trying to be funny. When I or first the girl started, who's trying to be funny. When I and you know, stand up is you are that person, but you're trying to trick them. You're damn, you're damn straight on that, yeah. man. Yeah, it is. It is almost like a. It is like a, it's like you don't know. It's like I'm a crying. sleight of hand. Yeah, it's like look over here, but I'm going to go this way. Close up magic. It is. It's it very much is, man. Like uh, I, um, I remember when I first started out, a few people saw some of my stuff and they said they thought I was trying too hard to be funny. Weird thing, yeah. you know. And yeah. I, I don't know. Classic, if they, that's a classic, like. I'm a negative person criticism. Well, they were yeah. basically saying yeah. to me, they go, your your jokes are funny, but the way you perform them is like you're trying too hard. Yeah. And then, but the thing was, I don't think I was. I think it was just I had a natural confidence that... I, I did have threatened. a little bit of a natural confidence. Yeah. And I also had... Uh, I'm, I talk quickly. And I think it's because I grew up in a very... I grew up in a big family. Yeah, you had to get in. You had to get your kind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every Sunday I went to my grandma's house, and I had a lot of cousins. And it was the whole one side of the family, and there was a ton of us. And so if you would have thought, you had to say it quickly or else you were getting ignored. And I don't, I don't think of it as fast talking. And so the people who think of it as fast talking, they're just ignoring it. And this kind of goes in line with uh, what I was saying. So when they would say, oh, it sounds like you're trying to, I go, no, it's just me trying to talk quickly. You just aren't used to fast talkers you're used to processing stuff so they would process my jokes going that's funny why do you have to deliver it like that yeah which, yeah. which by the way i'm not for everybody yeah if you don't like my shit that's fucking fine no sweat off my back yeah i'm not gonna change who i am yeah it's like you know what i mean like like authenticity like you're talking about you got to be yeah. you at the end of the day yeah if you don't like it fine but i do want to tag on this and then i want you to tell everyone about palm pilots because it's a fucking cool ass podcast and i know you guys went to that porn convention i would if you could give me an we anecdote did. from that if you give me a fucking anecdote from that porn expo i'd love to hear that shit but i did want to add to this because you mentioned me being a little different the fact that I've got a second kid on the way. I'm already second a dad. Kid, I'm a dad. I've got baby number two is on the way. You're a dad part two. I live in a house. Most comedians are renting. I'm married. All that renting. other kind of stuff. I won this in a fucking pirate poker game. Yeah. I like your apartment, by the way, but it was funny how I said I was putting my backpack down and I'm like, I'm going to put it in this room yeah, because this, I put the backpack in this room and it's going to stick to everything. It's gross. But uh, no, this is a cool spot, man. I, I used to live in an apartment like this, dude. I lived in Lincoln oh, Square. My apartment in Lincoln Square was like this. But yeah. anyway, though. I do want to shake the idea because every now and then I'll come across people who are like, oh, comedians and artists are like this. No, I don't fucking buy that. I think you could be mentally healthy yeah, and still fucking be in the arts, whether it's music, comedy, acting, whatever. I think there are some aspects of stand-up comedy and other arts forms that almost glorify depression. They glorify being like, I'm a piece of shit, which look, I, look I've been there. I've been that piece yeah. of shit. I've been fucking depressed. And, I've been all that. But I'll, I know you don't need to do that yeah. 100%. You could fucking be in complete control and still kill it in this arena. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Real quick. Absolutely. Real quick, I'm going to pause it so I could piss, and we're going to come back, and you're going to tell us about Palm Pilots and being at that porn expo. All right? Yeah. One, two, three. Bang. they fucking were because when people tell stories going forward 
They fucking know. only give you the good shit. Fucking they don't fucking me. tell you how bad things truly were. Everything. They don't tell you the false realities that we used to live in where, oh, but things were better in the 50s. Really? By the way, talking about taxes, if your whole thing is taxes, the tax rate in the 50s was way, 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 way high. The top tax rate was like fucking 90%. Yeah. Okay? And that was with a Republican president during the whole fucking yeah. 50s, by the way. And it was a Republican who originally said, taxes are the price you pay for a just society. Stop looking at taxes like yeah. it's theft. Some asshole told you that because yeah. they're a fucking asshole. You don't want people trying to scam you on the internet, or uh... do you know there's only one group of people, or one like section of people, whatever group, section, demographic, whatever the fuck you want to call them? Only one on the entire planet that's against free health care, and that's the Republican Party in the United States of yeah. America. Of course. Everybody else thinks that healthcare should be a human right. Yeah. They think if you happen to get cancer, which is of no fault of your own, really, in, in 99% of cases, obviously, if you're smoking cigarettes every day, yeah, you fucked yeah. up. But there's a. Dude, I the, fucked the, the Green Lantern. Yeah. And I knew what I was doing when I got into it. The vast majority of people who get cancer, though, it's just a fucking they fluke fuck thing. They don't know. Yeah. And there's most people who think, hey, you got cancer, that sucks. Let us take care of you. But there's a lot of people like, no, you should have to fucking pay through your nose. Fuck pre-existing conditions. Fuck yeah. all this other shit. And to me, I'm like, you're not a person. And if you think America is the greatest country in the world, but America won't take care of its sickest, how is it the greatest country in the world? You know what I mean? Oh, we have freedom. Everyone else does. That argument of we're the greatest, I, I think we're great. Don't get me wrong. I'm very thankful to be an American. If you live in America and you're making $30,000 a year, you might think I'm poor. You're top one percent on the planet. You're a baller. You're doing great. We've we've done. We talk about the culture of America being fantastic, all this other stuff. But what makes people like you and I frustrated with America is that we see untapped potential. We're like that fucking coach that's like, oh my god, dude. Yeah, you run a four three forty, but if you didn't have these dumb flailing arms, you could be running a four flat. You could be fucking setting records, kid. You could be yeah. the fucking boner. You could be the wreck dick, the wet clit of fucking the greatest things of all time. But here you are bogged down with all the bullshit that surrounds you. That's what fucking kills us, man. And and, and that's just what I wanted to bring up there. Like, it's not... I'm not right. shitting on all Republicans. There's some Republicans that are fucking great. And if your whole thing is taxes, it's fine. But you have to understand, taxes pay for a lot of stuff. So if you're also like, I'm pro-military, pro-fireman, pro-police officer, but fucking lower my taxes, you're going to fucking and lose the people you just sucked so the dick. We just stop fighting. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to. By We're the way, not existentially fighting. Why do we still have military bases in all these countries? Stupid. It's 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 a What's government handout. It's welfare. Yeah. It is. It's welfare. a form of welfare for fucking rich, greedy country, yeah. greedy corporations like Hale Burton. Who, if you take away the military industrial complex, they're out of business. These companies make bombs. So if we start, if we stop bombing people, they're out of business. Here's what so I want to do. We, you know what I mean? Fucking all the fucking no more military money except for like one third of it. Yeah. Well, we should definitely cut it. We could cut it in half we and still it. be spending no, more than everyone else. Yeah, for sure. Two thirds. I, well, you're probably you one right. third. Those two thirds, fucking water parks. Ooh, water fucking, parks, man. Water parks. We fucking we fucking have like you know the highway. Let me ask you this: If you're one of the you're a lifeguard at the top of a water slide, yeah, how much of a dick are you about letting people go back to back? Are you cool about it, man? I evaluate the situation from dude, fucking back to back. There are some. Fucking, everything's different. Some of those dudes are like, I can be a water wait. park. Now you I'd be go. one of those cops that don't shoot black people if I'm scared. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be a good oh, life man. You know what? There was a sad situation with that. And I do got to mention this. There was one sad situation. There's a lot, but it just, it just happened recently. <laughs> and look, the, uh, and obviously you and I know there's some good By the way, this has nothing to do with anything, Joe Cook Allen. But there's some my mom out is there, but... banned from Disney World. What for? 
general weirdness. General weirdness. That's pretty crazy. I, I'm proud of that. I like that, man. That shit's been around for a while. She's on a list of like 10 people. Go ahead. It shows your mom's a real wild card. No, I was yeah. going to say this, though. Here's my my viewpoint. <laughs> I've never really, I've like never really talked about stuff with cops before. Van Halen. Yeah, man. Panama. <laughs> I got a lot Kevin of... <laughs> I got I got a lot of friends who are cops. Yeah. Most of which I'm like, I'm glad you became a cop because I remember you back when and you, you always seem like a sensible person. And there's some people where I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe you're a cop. Yeah. You should be in jail because I know your brain and you've got a bad brain. There, dude, it's we talked about it earlier, man. They're part of a system that's been flawed and been fucked up forever, forever. dude. People a lot of people don't realize that like a lot of cops started because slaves were running away and they were invented to yeah. stop slaves from running away and then when paddy slaves wagon. became free do you think they were just cool paddy wagon was rounded up to get drunk mix like irish but like there was just a lot of shit there and look there's i know a lot of them get into it for the right reasons and they're brave as fuck and when you need them they'll fucking come there and the, they got your back and i i've got cops that i love to death what scares me right now is the cops that are good are so afraid of calling out the ones that are bad that's where it's fucked up it's like they're just they can't say oh this what this guy did was fucked up and why I, can't they? I say don't that? know why, man. And they I wish they start could. That. Because if you talk shit about one cop, they think you're anti-cop. I've had it before where I said that cop was a piece of shit, and people. We and should I've be anti-everything. I've lost friends. What's on, good? On social media on that. You should be anti-everything until they're proven better. Yeah. Right? You know. What's a stuff noble like that. profession? Noble profession. This country is predicated on Indian Park land Ranger. Theft that seems notable. And black exploitation. Yeah, I mean, slavery and genocide, this country was founded on. Slavery and genocide. But, but, but the average person hears that, and they don't like want to hear Don that. Like that Don Henley and Stevie Nicks song. Slavery and genocide, face to face. You, you, made, not, you made that up right now. You made that up right now. You are not song? the boomer fan I thought you were. As you're saying you that, I'm like, shit. I know Denny McLean. I don't recall that one. <laughs> Don Henley. You said, you said Don Henley. I'm yeah. sorry. I confused the two. You I'm remember like, the song? Uh, I'm like, the guy who did American Pie you, did that? Don Henley. Uh, All right, you remember Don Henley, the song, uh, This is the end. I know that one. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah the innocence. Me and uh, the Bobby other one, Condon. I was like, I don't fucking know the one you're singing right now. Me and Bobby Condon were living fucking Frank and Mary's. Oh, no, yeah. It's not, not Frank and Mary's and jeans. And Austin. No, and jeans. Okay. Me and Bobby Conn were leaving and jeans to do cocaine. And we go to the I went to alley. Frank and Mary's my birthday. But hey, go ahead. We, we, we go to the alley, me and Bobby Conn, and uh, we're doing cocaine off the fucking dumpster right next to Ed and Jeans. Get a little closer on that mic. Me and Bobby Conn are doing cocaine right off the dumpster. There you go. Outside Ed and Jeans. And uh, I start playing uh, End of the Innocence by Don Henley, and we're vibing out to him. And we're like, yeah, fuck, he's talking about Vietnam. And fucking, like, our parents were people. Like, we're vibing out and shit. And then a lady, like, fucking 1950s New York style, like, swings open the window above us, and she goes, hey, you want to do cocaine and listen to Don Henley somewhere else? Like, oh, that's hilarious, yeah, dude. Fucking she fucking nailed you guys. Yeah. She knew exactly what you were Okay. At that point, you'd be you have to be like a tip you of the can't hat. Deny it. Yeah, yeah, tip yeah. your hat to her and go. You know what? I respect your play, there, lady. You you got us. And you got us good, and uh, this we're gonna dust off our pants and move on. Yeah, for sure, man. Innocence. All right, I think I was going on about some stupid shit, but damn, I can't remember what it was exactly. I don't know. Just with the whole like cop stuff, it's that I think there's one side that's just too easily to shit on all of them. And and that's not fair either. But then again, the side that's pr- 
pro them no matter what, that's fucking weird too. Yeah. That becomes like a weird religious thing, I feel like, where... Everything does. They could do no wrong, and yeah. whatever they do is correct. I'm like, no, because that's not right either. No. And look, and, and and to point out one of them, if you point out one, if you go say, hey, that cop fucked up and he fucked up bad, that doesn't mean you're anti the rest of them. And I don't know where this line in the sand got drawn, and and I feel like it's both sides doing where... You know, instead of just saying, hey, this guy fucked up badly, they made it seem like the cops are fundamentally wrong. Yeah. I think they could have detected an individual point of view. And they're not. Police no. Academy 1 and 2 are hilarious. Great flicks, man. Great flicks, dude. Comedy front to back. Good, solid plot. Uh, Gutenberg, you know? So, hold on. I got a little... Oh, man, my fucking mic's going in and out. Are you guys good there? All right. So, I'll just say this, though, real quick, because... I've got friends who are police officers. Again, like I said, most of them happy are police officers. A few of them, I'm like, oh lord, I hope you get fired soon. Uh, I just wish that they would fight more for better practices. And I know it's a dangerous job, and you get and you're getting a little bit like you never know. But like the, the story about that came out today about it was a suburban. It was in Robbins, Illinois. There was a shooting. A, f- shots were fired. The security guard, who was black who owned a gun and had was within his rights to brandish his firearm. I got to use the word brandish, Joe McMahon. How do you like that? He Pretty shot cool. the one guy, the then put his knee in the back of the one shooter, disarmed yeah. him, and as he has his knee in the guy's back, got to the back of the guy's head, trying to calm him down and be like, hey, I'm taking over the situation, all this. The police department showed up, saw him, and fucking shot him on the spot. Oh. This, this was just this morning. That's terrible. This dude... Was the you know the whole good guy with the gun stops yeah, the bad yeah, guy with the gun? Was he was the good guy with the gun, and still got fucking blasted away by the people who taxes. You know he helps support their fucking money. Right. You know he helps pay their salary by being a taxpayer. And this guy's gone now, and I would love everyone to come out being like, "Well, yeah, that's a fucked up thing. That was terrible." But instead, they'll be like. It's an accident. It happens. There should be no punishment. No, there should be something that says, let us fucking reevaluate a situation. Sure. And they'll be like, well, hey, man, it's so touch and go out there. No, it wasn't touch and go because the cops showed up. This dude was aiming a gun at someone else. They could have then said, hold on, hold on. What, what, state your claim. State your claim. We got guns on you. Turn the gun. Put the gun down slowly. Turn towards the... They could have done all that. They didn't. They showed up and fucking started firing. Instead of Because they guns. were fucking scared because most of them were fucking second string losers. That's what I call a lot of these fucking assholes. Most of the cops that ended up being fucking pricks who ended up shooting an innocent person who's unarmed is because they were a second string loser, meaning they were a fucking high school football player who was second string at best, couldn't get over the fact that they weren't good enough to make little their bitch. dad happy. And, be- and they were like, well, you know what I'll do? I'll bitch become a fucking... Bitch. Police officer, because then they get a little well, power a little, back. Yeah, and they're still mm-hmm. fucking losers, dude. I see it all the you time. Me man. The I know these the people. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're fat. They're fucking bitch bitches. Yeah, man. To the ones that fucking got into it for the right reasons, I know a great friend of mine. This dude, Pete Kalenic, should be the, should be the next mayor of Chicago. I don't even know if he'll run because he's probably too smart for it. This dude went to the University of Chicago. I praise. Got master's degrees from Northwestern, Illinois. Fucking product of the Chicago public school system. Um, 
went, went, went to Iraq and dropped out of helicopters. He was in the military. Came back, worked in the inner city schools, raised money to, to build music programs in these schools, to build after school programs in these schools, started a, uh, a non-profit called no, Left, no Vet Left Behind, did all this shit, became a police officer while still having a law degree, master's degrees and education from the finest institutions, like I said, University of Chicago, Northwestern University. And he was a Chicago public school kid. This dude's a cop right now and does everything the right way. Got into it because he legitimately wants to fucking make a difference. If you're one of those people, fucking you, I'll vote for you to make fucking six figures because you're clearly one of the good ones. But if you're one of the ones that was like, well, didn't feel like going to school for four years, so I went to college for two years, and, and now I'm fucking going to, you know, it's a decent job. I got a little respect, and you're going to be a dick and abuse that? Fuck you, man. I'll fucking, Fuck I want to vote to get you out of that. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. Uh, we got, uh, let's wrap it up real quick. Palm Pilots, you hinted at. Tell people about Palm Pilots. You went to the porn convention. I'm going to give you the last four to five minutes to do that. Fucking let us know because I know porn Palm, convention. Palm Pilots is a fucking fun podcast, man. It's a fun podcast. It's uh, me and. What's the concept? Well, me and three of my friends uh, say things that are like really bad. Like we we act as if like we're not going to be judged, and uh, we do that. And then we went to a porn convention. It's a it's a podcast that's about like you guys got credentialed. Like you had to get like backstage well, passes, not right? Through our podcast, like we have like you know, we said that we were part of Better Home and Garden. Fuck off, really. No, oh, it was on. it was something similar. I think it was Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> I got new lures. I know that. Nice. Anyway, I mean, yeah, it, it's a stupid thing. I mean, uh, yeah, Palm Pilots. You, you talk about why you're jerking off, why you're lonely. It's a masturbation podcast. It's a masturbation podcast. Every podcast is a masturbation. Yes, podcast. this one especially. That's man. why the, we're meta. And you smart. ain't tugging at the Kilgallen's Pub. I don't know why I'm even doing this. Oh God! It, by the way, I am swimming. No, I noticed. Fuck the like, Joe. Is, Joe, don't worry about. It. During my last rant, I noticed you were your eyes were closed. Yeah. During that last rant, I glanced at you, and you literally had your eyes closed. And I thought, like, he's going to put his face on the yeah. mic and fall asleep, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm yeah, not I feel like you. Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't even worry about, about man. the burrow. I just wanted to give you the last two minutes because I knew I was going to go on a little rant there. I just wanted to be clear to people because it's so. Fu- it's like this with everything now. With everything going on, hold on, I got to turn this little fucking thing here. The core gets so winded up, it starts to fuck up. Sure. Everything nowadays, you criticize one thing, it's everything's a, long, a line drawn in the sand. I talked about how, with something with a friend of mine earlier, I'm like, you know what? I didn't like how this, and she thought I was talking about Hillary because I brought up 2016. I'm like, I was not talking about Hillary. I brought the year 2016 because of what went down that way, and it's like I literally everything, have to go puke. No, it's you got to puke. Yeah. He's gonna go puke. Well, I'll finish the podcast for you. This is the best way to do it. Go, go, shut the door. I don't want to hear you throw up, man. Anyway, listeners, Palm Pilots is fucking hilarious. Go to Palm Pilots on iTunes, Spotify. I don't know. It's probably on um, Stitcher and Google Play, maybe SoundCloud. I don't even know what it's on. Lisbon. What I was going to wrap up with was, he's he's literally throwing up in the next room. This is fantastic. Conor McGregor, this might be your whiskey, dude. Let's get back in the octagon, huh? Let's stop making whiskey. Although, I love it. Actually, I'm saying that right now because I want to get a free bottle. If you guys send me a free bottle, I'll keep telling everyone how great it is. Is that there are people that like are just so quick to be like, it's this or that. Not everything is this or that. 
every, most things are a gray area. You could, you could want reform in a certain area, meaning I want new tactics and how we handle criminals and how we handle other things because I feel like if someone shoplifts, they shouldn't get shot in the back of the head. I don't feel like that's a just crime. I feel like they should be arrested. Gross. I'm hearing them throw up in the background. You know? I feel like it should be that kind of thing. Then, also, uh, that's, that's me giving conservative shit for being just like, no, fuck that. You know, that stupid bullshit. Well, they shouldn't have done, you know what I mean? They're so fuck. It's such bull. Like, it's anything that doesn't affect them personally. You know? I, I have friends who I know, they've got super ethnic last names, super Italian, super German, super Irish last names, and they go, my ancestors didn't come over here illegally. You don't know that. They very well could have. First of all, there wasn't. There's not an S. There's not an Ellis Island on the Rio Grande. You guys, oh, I gotta put the mic over. You guys, I'm throwing up. All right, I'm ranting here. I just want to make it clear that I'm not anti-cop. I'm anti-bad cop. You know what I mean? I'm not anti-teacher. I'm anti-bad teacher. It's like all that shit. If you suck at your job and you're fucking up with people's lives, I hate you. Get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? All right, well, that's been Killgown's Pub. Joe McMahon's album is, uh, be on the lookout for it. He's recording it tomorrow night. Uh, he, he looks good. He's, he's not worse for wear. Um, you guys can listen to my album. It's on iTunes and all that other stuff. But Joe McMahon's album, by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be sold out because there's only a smatter of tickets left. But if you're hearing this, it's on Wednesday, November 14th. 14th. November 14th at yes. Timothy O'Toole's, which is also known as Comedians You Should Know. And it's the best goddamn room for comedy, and he's going to fucking crush it. I know you guys are going to love it. Thanks for listening to a long, sloppy, drunk podcast, but this is what it's all about, kids. This has been Killing Pub. Cheers.